Okay, last call. Order now before I turn on the lights and you really see what's going on with yourselves. Yes, sir. That was delicious. Play on, player. Oh, what's up, folks? How y'all doing today? Um, my name's Ken. I'm Fab. And I'm Dave. And we listen to the Last Call <laughs> podcast. Fab, you all right? I'm a little under the weather. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what happens when you, when you when you uh you walk into fall, or you at least you stumble into it. And um, <laughs> you what, stumble into well, the fall. I mean, that's what it feels like because it was like 85, 90 degrees for the first couple days of fall, and then bam. There go that sixty-five degree weather. What was that degrees? That was that yeah, right. Joe Button flow from fucking <laughs> six from years the ago. last time he released <laughs> music. Anyways, <laughs> um, but yeah, we're here chilling um, in the bar room tonight. Um, thank y'all for joining us. We got a couple special folks in the house with us tonight. Um, I'm gonna let my man to my right introduce himself first. Go ahead, bro. Uh, what's going on? I'm Nick. I am. Kenny's cousin. This is true. Slash blood related. That's right. Not slash. fake cousin. No, nah, it's real thing. So yeah, happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, um, what you, you repping though? Yeah, you have, what am you I have, repping? You have some so entities. You gotta uh, do a little intro. All right. Well, I am the host, co-host of the Justin the Nick podcast okay. with my boy Justin Walters. Shout out to Justin. We are predominantly sports based, but we delve into other topics such as politics, pop culture, entertainment, TV shows, everything like that. Um, I'm also a sports and entertainment host. Right now, I'm freelancer, so I'm working with a new entity called Sneaker Inc. We do a lot of different sneaker-related events, sneaker releases. I just recently did a feature with Fila. They're dropping a lot of heat soon. Be on the lookout for that. People at Fila are really good. Hooked me up with a nice free pair of kicks. So, mm. shout out to Fila USA. Swag. And, uh, yeah, I've been in the journalism game for about five years. I went from traditional journalism to going on more of a personality-based entertainment route i want to kind of use my personality to uh my advantage instead of cool cool, cool. we're gonna get in that we're gonna get into that yeah, we're gonna good. get into yeah. that appreciate having you here with us brother <laughs> yeah thanks for the invite fab was definitely checking out to see if you had those feels on I'll be real. <laughs> nah. Yo, I <laughs> <laughs> nah, not today um uh, go ahead chuck, you can laugh go ahead chuck come and join it's not your first time on on the mic step right. up yeah peace peace my name is uh chuck marcus i am a artist photographer um basically create content for a lot of brands here in the city um like who uh work with <laughs> <laughs> who said that <laughs> <laughs> now nah, i work with a, i work with a bunch of brands i work with play clothes before i've done i'm part of the i've done some stuff with kiff um i've worked with double xl high beast so yeah. we out here the, the brand markets. is strong mm. oh <laughs> mm. All right, so um, good way. the good nigga misphere. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Chuck. <laughs> Officially, um, Chuck has been on the mic for uh, a couple of times, just At randomly. Least Twelve of the f- oh god, just, <laughs> just embrace me. That's all. It's, it's the be, first time he actually got headphones though. Next right. week it's gonna be just I'm Ken, Fab, Dave, Chuck. Chuck is moving. <laughs> Chuck trying to debo. We hear you though. We hear you. Yeah, I'm here for it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm all about the. the uh, Chuck's like, let me get my foot in the door and just. I'm all, I'm all about the aggressive movements. You know. So, um, cheers to you, brother. Um, 
thanks y'all for joining us. We're gonna rely on y'all for you know conversation and your opinions on on the topics that we that we're sharing into and uh, jumping into in the barroom today. Um, I, starting into what uh, we did over the weekend, I know Chuck. I'll, I'll let you get right back on the mic because we were um, in a celebration of you this weekend. You want to talk about what we was doing? Yeah. Um, I had my first pop up one day exhibit called Awkward Spaces. Here in Harlem at uh, La Maison d'Art. Shout out to the last call podcast because the entire podcast mm. was super clutch. Mm. Shout out to Fab for making the music and DJing. Oh. This nigga who's Uman, mm, mm, he provided the fucking <laughs> wine. Hey, I do what I can, bro. And Dave over there did all the design for like promo. So yeah, shout out to you niggas for mm-hmm. holding me down. Um, One stop shop here over here. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> I'm all for the upward advancement of my people. Yes, uplift. Yeah, but basically I showcase. Um, 23 images of four different dancers of spaces that i deemed as awkward um we photographed in spaces such as like a laundromat supermarket library um i even used grant's tomb if you're familiar with harlem um and i did a traditional dance studio just as an ode to to the dance to dance itself but um it was a big turnout um more than i expected i was very uh ecstatic about that so that was good um a lot of friends and family in that space um a lot of press so we're just I'm very excited man Big things that come from here Big things are gone Shout out to Blavity though <laughs> Yeah shout out to Blavity had this man on the feature though Yeah shout out to Blavity Like that content Boosted some awareness About who I am So like that was great Um Try to say Try to say you got a couple more followers I was just about to say I was like How many followers <laughs> 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 I jump a couple hundred <laughs> But now also Shout out to uh, Spoiled NYC mm. If you're not familiar with them But yeah they, they did a good little article That dropped today I saw that That's it's a nice right. little That's feature. Had yeah. a nice little feature photo I see you know. Oh I didn't yeah. see that Send that to mm-hmm. me Yeah I'll send it to you yeah, dope. So dope. I mean, the vibe was in there was was super dope, um, and um, you know, I think um, and I'm gonna shout out L because L was in the building. Um, uh, L was just me, me and her was talking back and forth because she was in there for essence, and she was like, I, "I'm trying to get some quotes for some people." I said, "What? Turn that recorder on. Get some quotes for me. <laughs> Shit. I, I got she something to say. You. I got something to say. Where was I? I when bet she was yelling too. You wanted a drop, right? Come here, motherfucker. I got some shit to say to you. <laughs> <laughs> But no, we were going up back and forth about the event. And she was like, well, what, like, stuff like this doesn't get promoted. And I was like, well, she was asking me, why does this not get promoted? I was like, well, I think this is the reason why we're all here. Because I think stuff like this, where it's just a positive vibe, good people, a lot of people, you know, everybody in there, uh, of course, for the purpose of of, of checking out uh, Chuck's work and what he's been working on, what he's been promoting for so long, because I know a lot of people were just hyped for it because Chuck has been working on this for so long. And, and like I said, we out here to support you, brother. Um, but it was just a, a, a congregation of so many different people. And, and I mean, the space was decent, but it wasn't huge. So it just looked like it was just so full. And everybody's having a good time. Whereas outside in the back, uh, uh, where there's like a patio, there's a lawn space, a lawn in Harlem where we was just yeah, perched up. You was definitely up. on the lawn with no have, red cup. Yep, having a good time. Um, but, and that's, that's where me and Elle did the little short interview. Um, but it was, it was just so good. I was like, this feels like this happens a lot more often than it gets promoted and it should be promoted more. And, um, uh, I mean, we're here to do this as much as often. We're glad that Chuck could, you know, bring us all together. Nah, but you guys are right. I mean, I feel like that is a that's a lost circuit that's underground here in New York, where it's, there's like these pop up 
art shows that mainly a lot of creatives do like if you're familiar with like the culture op like they have a lot of yeah. those things right whereas like you know people only like a select few people know about them so right. like, i mean ideally what my what my goal was was just to use my entire network and like put them in this space and like mix and mingle with friends of friends like so people know of things and know of and hear of things but they never met these people and, like that was a good idea i had and I, I mean i feel like we executed that i feel like it was a very good mix of yeah. people in there <laughs> yeah it was dope And then we um, As Chuck mentioned Fab had the after party rocking um, I, I think Fab, It's funny because We were uh, We were out uh, Just out and about We were like Fuck we gotta catch Fab set And um, <laughs> What time It was like 10.30 It was like 10.30 We were like Fuck Fab Get on the squad Gotta go Gotta go So we, we hurried over To Fab set I swear Fab didn't You didn't leave that stage At 12 o'clock You got off at like 12 Yeah I'm gonna say 1230 1245 Actually the other DJ Was like Alright alright right. <laughs> I was like <laughs> I was like He was standing up there with you at one point right Yeah cause so The reason we got it Was because he He usually spends there Fridays okay. But he happened to switch His day So he was there that night So that's why we were Easily like able to take over the beginning um but harlem nights doesn't get like people don't go there until like later anyway so it worked out you know and all chuck's people was in there yeah nah the um whoever whoever's like the barmaid he was like oh this is the most people we had in here yeah on mm. Saturday. Uh, mm. <laughs> remember right. <laughs> I was like, know this brother i was like yeah that's man bad. yeah but fab was rocking it was definitely a good time in here Yo, I have questions though. Yo, I saw so, you outside, but you didn't come inside. What mm, happened? That's um, a, that's a real question. Yeah, yeah. Was that's the real question. Was, was, for you. was it a dress code thing or no? No, no. It was um my fucking ID was expired, and he was like, "This could be a counterfeit ID." Yo, <laughs> come on, black so spots. Yo, black spots should not be fucking bugging out. I'm so glad you said that. More than like actual like mainstream. It's been white spots. White spots. I can literally walk into a shit with no ID, dog. Like none. Nope, you got a copy of ID. Nope, you got a picture of ID. Nope, I'm twenty. I'm twenty six though. Holla at the kid. They be like, all right, cool, you good. Black spots will literally like shake you the fuck down. And this spots we try to patronize, mm. you know, patronize, be patrons of. Yeah, there we go. And you know, it just it just feels like we don't get the love like reciprocated. Like you gotta have. And I guess like one thing is just like yeah, they are in different neighborhoods or whatever. But I was at Harlem Ice literally the night before on Friday. No issue, no drama, no nothing. Then I get to the joint and my, I'm letting my friends talk because they're like, yo, they're a little more um, corporate than I am. So they're like, yeah, nah. I mean, it's something. It gotta be something. He's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm sitting in the window looking at Fab getting the tunes off like pissed yeah. but you know i i got to catch everybody and i was kind of upset because like you know uh, me and me and chuck went to school together so like all of our friends came in town for this shit and that was the like the the, the culmination exactly dog yeah, and so we was cool. all gonna oh, be drinking why didn't you tell me i could have tried i mean it, you was on set bro. i know i know i saw but i honestly saw you and then and then i saw you I was just come like, in and i was like maybe I, it was a the thing code. is and like my, I, you know me and chuck had been at the studio since like well i got i showed up at like 10 30 11 but we had been there i mean he'd been there before that but i had been that whole day like mm. with chuck and helping out and setting up and cleaning up at, you know what i'm saying so it was like for me i was like yo this is a sign i'm tired i'm going home you know so but my question to you fab is that i saw your tweets the next day <laughs> and you was like saying something about how somebody asked to like charge their phone while you were mid set oh, bro no that damn that sounds good. Sorry. She's she's <laughs> testing no, tea. Right <laughs> Ty's trying to hook me up with some tea and he's giving me all the herbs like to to showcase. Anyways, um <laughs> that first one, the first one. Um yeah, no, when I got there 
um and i started playing i was like two songs in and this white lady comes up to me and she's like oh do you have any brazilian music and i was like <laughs> yeah you did bitch. tell me that. i was like bitch <laughs> 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 bitch it's going hard one night you're gonna go to your ass to red rooster and then i was like um and and honestly like i try to incorporate requests even though they're mad annoying but like especially when they're like songs that have nothing to do the with set. the set that you're yeah, you're playing right. but like i try to incorporate it but i was like i don't got no brazilian music like i got afro beats like that's as close as we're getting i didn't realize how annoying that shit was the request was before i had dj friends mm. like whenever you go up to dj ask for, if they're playing 80s music and you ask yo could you play ready wop yeah they're, they're just like, like fuck yeah yeah write it down write it down I'll- well <laughs> i know i know a dj that charges they're like yeah give me $20 and For I'll real? do it yeah Sifo does that shit <laughs> that's lit that's, that's and he's live right. very lit. people have paid him 100% oh that's live that's you want to hear your song give, me, give me a drink like, or it. give me money because it's like you didn't hire me the venue did right. but anyway so she's like oh well I have a playlist and I was like nah it's like quiet playlist. especially because I knew like I won I was like right. song two in chugging them we're about to come through you guys and i was like fuck that like not and i always take requests and i was like nah not today and you and harlem nights like i have this like i kind of have this like call it a chip if you will but like i walk around harlem and i see like all these tours walking around and like all these and all these um things or people walking around and they're like literally looking at us like fucking people in the zoo and i've been looking at them like fuck y'all like this is harlem like don't ever forget i hate seeing a tour and it'd be like a white lady telling the black history like yeah, yeah. this is where duke ellington and them sat down and had dinner right and over here is with a black man like wait what where did you read this yeah so it was quiet for her brazilian request and right. then somebody else came and and harlem nights like the dj booth is elevated so like you have to literally climb a climb ladder to get it's not even stairs it's a ladder to get up there like i've almost bust my ass there several times and this dude is like tapping my ankle and i turn around and, hey you got a charger for android like first of all you're not gonna have an android it's over for you <laughs> like all right the second of all the nerve to like interrupt the music because your phone is dying there's a bar over there but anyway that's my little rant it's quiet for you um just to clean up what dave was talking about with the id so um me and dave uh were out having an unofficial business meeting on friday aka happy hour oh uh, yes <laughs> and um so yeah so i met dave down at, at uh it was sweetwater social yeah sweetwater social so i mean it was cool vibe in there it's just i mean it's quiet i was watching the mets game and everything yeah. and um you know just chilling uh till i had to i had to skate somewhere else but so i paid with my card and there was on some shit where you know you pay with card you got to get your id you gotta give them your id right so when i left um like all right let me cash out they gave me my card and i just bounced i saw you give his give your id to him so you didn't get it back so i didn't so i went but i didn't realize that until i went to the door at harlem nights and the dude was like where's your id and i'm like Flipping through my wallet, I'm like, wait a second, what the fuck? I'm, I always keep my ID. I always keep my ID. Where is it at? I literally flip open my whole entire, take all my cards out. I'm like, thinking, when was the last time I had my fucking ID? I was like, Yesterday. when I was at, yeah, when yeah. I was at Sweetwater Social. So I'm telling the dude, listen, 
I don't have my ID because I left it at a bar. They didn't give me my fucking ID back. They was like, do you have anything? I'm like, nah, B, I don't care. I look. I was like, look, I can flip. I'm showing my credit card. Nothing. I had an insurance card, not my current insurance, but like an old insurance card that happened to have my birthday on it. I'm like, oh, look, bro. Didn't have my face on it. Had my name on it. Had my had my uh, a birthday on. I'm like, look, I got four cards with my name on it. Bro, this is me. And he was like, all right, go ahead, bro. Let me do and it was the same dude who dead a Dave? Probably. Nah, it was probably the other dude. Because this dude was yeah, there were two like, dudes. You had that white, the big white dude? Nah, I had no. the other guy. Was, I had, he was I had a, the, the, the black, the, it was a black, uh, light-skinned black dude with a fitted, with a hat on? Yeah. Yeah, the same dude. Um, oh, for future reference, if you take a photo of your ID and keep it in your phone, keep it in Google Docs and have the, the app on your phone, they can scan it. Oh. Keep oh. a photo of your ID in your phone. Even if it's not in your phone, if it's in Google Docs, if it's like somewhere wherever Dropbox that you can access it, because I've left IDs places and I've gotten into Fab's clubs. Fabs out here dropping knowledge and for the people. And they've scanned it from my phone by That's just crazy. putting the light up. So oh, yeah, that makes tip. sense. I'm not gonna lie. So I take photos of your fear yeah. ID, people. I did that because of Fab. One time we was out and she forgot her ID and she would tell me she said, "David, always take a picture <laughs> of your photo ID." And every time I like forget my wallet, I'd be like, "That shit rings in my head." So like David, now, take a picture. Of it's your no photo dead ID. ass. I have it in my fucking in my. It's in my pictures now, like just in case. So why yeah, did that you use that? My phone was dead. Oh, okay, yeah. that oh, actually damn. might be the new wave of fake IDs for the young kids. No, damn. Could. Yo, I stop it! What are you doing? Oh, Ty, Ty, you got to chill, you got to chill, Ty, you got to chill, you got to chill, you got to chill, you got to chill. chill. <laughs> we out here for the advancement of the I had the tips, and you going to get the tips, you gave the oh. fucking, gave had, she had the, the cheat code, you fucking the tell The feds is listening like, damn, all right, that makes sense. Oh, no, wait, shit, no, nah, he's right. Go see tomorrow on the news. <laughs> <laughs> I just will no longer be accepted. New phenom. <laughs> right, new phenom. Photos of photo ideas. Fuck that, bring that fucking, uh, bring that chip. <laughs> From in time, put that chip in my fucking uh, in my wrist. Tell me I'm fucking twenties. Oh, my old and shit like that. Tea's Fab's literally fire. sipping the tea right now. That tea smells real good. Yeah, I can't smell it from here. What is that like? Raspberry hibiscus? What? Oh, Hey, but some of our our uh, weekly. Um, Friend, nice, oh, transition. Hey, fab. So now I got hey, So um, so what you did? So what you did pour into your your tea is um, it's a it's a it's a I like that fab. Smooth. Um, so it's a gift from the South African gods. Um, uh, it is a Cabernet, uh, bled rosé, uh, from South Africa. Um, so it's the tannins are very high, um, but it is very smooth. And um, from Johannesburg, so oh. uh, yeah. So hope everybody en- is enjoying their South African rosé right now. It's the end of summer, so I figure we close it out. You know, it's not going to be rosé season till April ish. You know, so and it does well with hot tea. Mm-hmm. Hey, I got a question though. So, yep. what was you guys like favorite piece? Like I've been asking a lot of people that just to see. Oh, um, mine was sold. But it's fine. <laughs> um, congrats. No, I had two two actually two of my favorite ones were both sold. The one with the um the she had the red on mm-hmm. and it kind of like was that at the Harlem um That's like Grace Tomb. Oh, okay, yeah. Um and yeah, the one with the she had like a scarf. Yeah, is it is she holding it or she spread it? She's hold she's like in a okay, swoop. Yeah. So yeah, so my <laughs> favorites were the <coughs> were the one who was on the train tracks. In the middle of train tracks, like Perry Yang. Oh, okay, in black. 
Yeah. I'm sorry, what? Perrier? Sure, that makes sense. <laughs> like the water? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, and the the girl who's doing the backward bridge. Oh, yeah, on the same tree. Mm. Yeah. Favorite picture? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, the one on the train tracks was sick, but I probably like the Grant's tomb mm-hmm. with the symmetry and the shoes hanging. It just it has a lot of wait. That was a promo. No, oh, but you did. Then you do one that was. So we did like a did like a feet. You just see the feet pointed. Yeah, but the feet one that was in the um that was, that in was the in the washing one. machine. No, no, no. Oh, there's one. There's one with like, the ballet yeah, shoes. There's one with ballet shoes. Like yeah, I like the one in the grocery store when she was in the aisle. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that was dope. Yeah, a lot of it. For, I was just curious because, like, a lot of ones that people really like were ones that I didn't think people like. So, like, the laundry mat scene where, like, she's like pointing and holding a book. Mm. That was like that was a good one. Oh yeah. Mm. Um, there's also the other supermarket scene where it looked like two pictures, but there's really one. She's leaned against the glass and mm. like you can see the reflection through her. Yeah. Were and those your favorite pieces? Now my favorite piece is the laundry mat with her feet out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're doing. You're trying to figure out which one you're going to give to us. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Uh-uh. Oh, man. <laughs> got it. Got oh. it. Got it. Got I it, got appreciate it. you. Um, big size. Big size. Early. Exactly. My birthday coming up soon. <laughs> um, Shoot it back. The wait, camera. actually, I have a question on that. Um, did you listen to the mix or did you just let it play? Like, did you hear well, it? Well, I, I listened to it when I, when I first got it, mm-hmm. like when we were setting up and okay. it, it was good. But then when it's we three just hours, play, though, it was just I know, no, no, no. I don't expect. Like, so but I'm going to listen to it, though. I'm gonna no, I just tried to like, um, like I saw, I looked at the pictures and then I chose the music like for real because that, that's why like a couple songs in there are like Spanish guitar because I was thinking of um, the red girl with the scarf okay. for that and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, now I'm gonna listen to. It. I just downloaded it actually to my computer. Oh. Yo, you're. Um, I saw you snuck that. Well, Frank Ocean, I think, was the second song on the joint. Yeah, it went from Drake to Frank. Yeah, Drake Ocean. was the yeah. open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you have some. You got a little bit of everything on there. Yeah, I did. But yeah. Um, I didn't even drop the name for the one. I just realized. So the name <laughs> is Mulder Bosch. Mulder Bosch. It's um, of course, it's gonna be. Rose red, um, but it has a line down the uh, a streaky label down the uh, side of the bottle. It's really dope and it's really good. Mm. So, um, cheers to that. Well, fuck it, let's <coughs> get into it, cuz. Oh, you want to get into Capergate? Capergate? Capergate. Capgate. Um, so, I mean, going on, it seems like we've been going on from it uh, every week, so we might as well make it like a, a weekly touch on thing because yeah. this week, um, um, of course, with the incidents that have happened that we touched on last week um of course with the nfl playing on sunday so you had more players joining um the uh protest in uh kneeling during the national anthem i actually saw <clears throat> during a high school game like a uh it was one of the first times i've seen it was like a white man mm-hmm. with a black lives yeah. matter shirt kneeling during yeah. the national anthem I, yeah, saw that. I saw that yeah. one too. I saw a couple of so, those. So, um, I mean, it's so it's. He it's, looked like he didn't like black people. He yeah. had like the. I don't want to make it do the reverse thing of like he looks like a bad that's guy. That's exactly what you're doing. But nah, man, <laughs> he had the fucking <laughs> wild beard. But dog, come on, bro. Dude, like, there are certain white people that look like they just. They Stop look it. Right. Stop they can it. Say Stop. The same you're thing going, about exactly. Us. You're right. You're going Fuck. down a deep, dark hole. <laughs> 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 you know what the next thing I'm going to say is? Well, maybe if they didn't all look alike, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's not funny guys that's not funny. <laughs> it is kind of funny um so uh as so with the nfl 
season uh, continuing on and with Sunday uh, there being more players showing protest um, the NBA season has started so with the NBA season um, well the NBA season has started but their first media day first national media day right. uh, was a couple days ago mm -hmm. so of course during media day everybody gets asked questions you know from ranging from topic to topic but one of the main topics were um, you know do you stand with Colin Kaepernick's protest will you follow suit will you uh, 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 what, what's your opinions on it um, so each player had different opinions on it but of course uh, the ones we tend to focus on are the more superstar athletes right the, the, more super <laughs> the, 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 the reigning champion all right Dave go ahead I'm just I'm not Get it off First your chest. of all, we, we're gonna hear it all season. Go ahead, Brian. I mean, on. but like this is what we what we were talking about. I think when it was, I want to say almost a month ago when this first became a thing right. at the end of preseason is that like uh, we were saying how I said, "Yo, this is gonna fucking resonate. This is gonna amplify into the basketball Turn season, an yeah, an and season. we haven't even gotten to college basketball yet. But like this is gonna amplify into 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 the season, and we haven't even seen one ounce of basketball yet. But the press day had." The well, what's argued now was like the best player in the league. They had LeBron talking about it. Of course, they're going to ask LeBron because I mean, he kind of what people feel like sets the standard for the NBA and what other players should do. And they asked him straight up, like, "How do you feel about this? Like, what's what's up with you know?" And he, you know, he started off with a very heartwarming story about you know, my son. That could be my son. My son could be killed. Which is true. That's something that a lot of black men, especially black fathers, um, same sentiment. They, they tend to always kind of um, relay. But then he goes on to say, like, you know, but I really think that all lives matter. I mean, he does try to he just try to come back and give it like, oh, well, also, I do. I don't I don't disagree with Kaepernick, but I, I stand for the flag because, quotes, that's just what I do. I mean, but he said I actually support. Kaepernick. He didn't say yeah. I don't do it. He said no, I fully support what no, he's he, doing. No, he did say I don't. He said he, he said, gave him a full heart yeah. endorsement of what he was doing. It was like I I stand with him. I support what he's doing. But Me, I'm going to stand for the flag cuz that's just what I do. Yeah. Now I get so like Twitter outrage is going to be Twitter outrage because um, Twitter wants you to say exactly what the script of the other people says, which really it it's not that it's not just that. It just shows like implicit support like look there's no way that you can say that you know i'm saying anything else i want you to say exactly this because the words can be turned around how they tend to do from time to time the words can be turned around into a different narrative and he did say all lives matter right and that's not something that need to be fucking clarified right now that's obvious nobody else is dying like we are we know that all lives matter, but black lives do not matter. And I'm tired of having the fucking... And I get it. A lot of these guys are getting media trained by people who really don't give a fuck about the movement. Right. And also, the activists who are the ones who are who are coming up with this jargon and this lingo and these narratives that help us like figure out how to speak about the movement, they're not sitting down with these athletes and being like, look, it should be said like this, like that. If we're going to stand together, we have to be on a united front and we can't have these... Little chinks in the armor, things like this. LeBron saying this now, did, mind you. Did he specifically say all lives matter? Because I didn't catch that. He did say all lives matter. He did say it. yes. I'll have to listen again because I didn't hear it. Because I was I listened to the. He said oh, I do believe that all lives matter. Okay. Yeah. I think he's being really political. Yeah, absolutely. Now, 
So I, I had to text P, who's another friend of the podcast, about this because P has a conspiracy that LeBron and Adam Silver did this whole thing to help LeBron win the championship, whatever. Seriously, he's we're gonna have P on the show. Here's the thing though. Here's the thing. This doesn't like give me confidence that that didn't happen. Because it, <laughs> I do I like mind you, the Cavs played their ass off. But Aside from that, for Adam Silver, there's no way he didn't call LeBron. Because if you don't know, it's actually in the bylaws of the NBA contracts that you cannot sit down during the national anthem or you will be fined right. and or suspended well, that after. That goes back to um, <clears throat> Sharif Abdul-Rahim. Yeah. Who did. That's, that's why it was and, put into um, the bylaws. Because he sat down during the national, national anthem. There was another Muslim guy who changed. What's uh, Chris, uh, Chris, 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 Chris. Never mind. Anyways, yeah. I mean, so I think, so I had a conversation earlier and I was just thinking like, man, is there a thing where like maybe Kaepernick knew that they couldn't find him? Like that maybe he had his agent go through his contract. So, yo, if I sit down, it's not going to be a thing, right? And maybe like LeBron's agent was like, yo, nope, it's definitely a thing in the NBA. I definitely think Adam Silver, and maybe Nick, you can touch on this too. Um, I definitely think Adam Silver is very, of all the commissioners of all the sports, he's very much in tap. And has a pulse on the culture, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's very in tune to what, um, not just his players, but to society as mm-hmm. well. So um, I think that he's like these discussions are going on now, and he's being proactive about it, about ways to address it because it's going to happen. There, there will be players oh, yeah. that will protest in their own way, whether it be sitting down. And I think, and I'm not. I'm this is going off of my just personal opinion. I I don't know if he's gonna just like close his eyes to that bylaw or make amendments to it or adjust it because he's he's aware of what's happening right yeah. now and he's aware that 75% of his league is our black Americans, right? I don't, I don't think he's going to cut his eye to the bylaw because they warned players today, actually, I think, that players will be fined and or suspended that's if why they the, decide That's to why that out. bylaw, because it's, it's tucked deep away in the code of conduct. But So the reason why it came out is because of what Nick is saying, that, like, yeah, they definitely are telling people, like, But on another level, why the fuck are people still saying the national anthem before every single major sporting event? Why not only for a championship game like the Super Bowl or the playoffs? Like, mm-hmm. Why don't y'all do the po- do the national anthem before if your you podcast? If you don't do it before any game, then you shouldn't do it before no well, game. I mean, so I, I and I hear that argument. I do. M- I guess my thing is when when do we sing the national anthem? I remember o- outside of sporting events. When do you hear the national anthem? School, school, school. Um, like elementary school. That's, that's how you start your day in elementary. Government, school. government events. No, I thought. I mean, I when I start school, I. Uh, listen to the Pledge of Allegiance. We didn't sing the National oh, Anthem yeah, every yeah. day. Oh, right. Right. The Pledge of Allegiance. First of all, I went to a charter school. We did all three. <laughs> <laughs> you stood up. Everybody. <laughs> I pledge allegiance to, to the, the flag. And then. Oh, say, And then. Lift every voice. Wait, and I, I, sing. I went to a black you charter school. You must have went to a black charter school. They made Catholic us know. They made us Damn. know that motherfucking <laughs> Negro <laughs> National yeah. Anthem. That's good though. And then yeah. you that guys, that's another I'm, thing okay, they could do. Thing. If you want to do the national anthem, what you could do is also add the Negro national. So anthem. So here's the thing, and I was they telling they gonna do that shit. I was no, telling Mark about this earlier. So I mean, yeah, the Star Spangled Banner. Like if you if you if you just live under a rock or just are an immigrant or have no idea what the lyrics of that bitch is, like that shit is entrenched in violence and war. He wrote that shit in a boat, looking at a battle. <laughs> like 
That shit is about violence, bombs yeah. bursting in air. That shit is not a peaceful. Hey, our country is great anthem. But then at the same time, the Negro national. I can see what they're gonna shoot it down. It's because it's entrenched in motherfucking religion. That shit is all about Christianity. But so is everything. And yeah, God but we the Star Spangled Banner is money. not. Yeah. Yeah, One I nation get that. under God. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you think they're gonna? You think they're gonna cut an eye to black people? Fucking trying to. I game. mean, but but that's why they're they'll turn an eye to it because it's for black people. Yeah. Right. It's not for everybody. Well, yeah. It's just amazing to me that they can say, oh, there aren't enough. If, if the argument was that, well, there aren't enough black people in the audience or whatever to support the Negro National Anthem, 90 to 95% of every well, player in every major sport besides baseball, hockey, and golf. Well, baseball is black. Don't forget that. Soccer. What? It, soccer too. But but basketball, football, every player on your no, team is black. No, no. I mean, but not, not that every person in, in the league is black, but the Negro National Anthem is... I mean, it's for Negroes. <laughs> it's like that's why. It's, it's, it's about. It's, you know, it was it's, written it's, during it's, the Civil War. It's like, not inclusive. Yeah, it's slavery. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's about, yeah, it's about slave, slaves no. overcoming. Yeah. So I mean, you <laughs> can't apply that to right. a national audience. But it's no the national where, anthem, right? But then, but, black but, but, but exactly, no. it was written. If it, it was, was written during slavery, yeah. If it was, why would the Negro national anthem exist? Right. Well. The Negro National Anthem is just like Amazing Grace, where it's literally like in a Negro in a Negro spiritual uh, tone, where the whole song is literally about Black people uprising and uplifting themselves beyond their fucking current circumstances. That's literally what that whole shit is about. I think that would solve a lot of issues if the NFL decided to do that. Do you think it really would solve mm. issues or, or start within more, the NFL? Because first of all, I think kneeling, I think kneeling doesn't solve shit. But I'm saying or start more controversy. Kneeling creates the conversation though, so I do appreciate that. I appreciate that time. I appreciate it too. Because the Black the Lives. Time, I would appreciate it if Kaepernick did more than just kneel. Well, he's donating games. all this money. I mean, he's in a. I mean, he's donating. Yeah. So he's putting. Out, he's so, I mean, so, 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 so taking it a step further from what you're saying, I wish that somebody like LeBron or like Cam Newton or like somebody else would do something else other than kneel. Like, right. m- m- make uh, I mean, what Kaepernick has done is he started a movement. He started a trend. So I, I, but I don't want people to be followers. I want it to take a step further well, and see what other. A, a, a protest you can do in I don't and, and I'm and I'm not saying I have the solutions to it but like I said that next person to take it the next step further will garner my respect even more than the person that follows what Kaepernick did. But I mean I think it is growing. I mean it started out with Derrick Rose with the I can't breathe T-shirt. Then it's like you know Kaepernick now kneeling. So it's like LeBron and them have to just like athletes push need it. to start following yeah. suit because at the end of the and day the, they're the, the, the they're the most besides musicians in America they're the African American most, most influence facts because back in the day when Jim Brown and Muhammad Ali and Bill Russell were having these real meetings and these mm-hmm. town hall style meetings they were making a difference back in the day when Muhammad Ali didn't want to go to the draft and all that other stuff like. I don't see athletes, especially Kobe Bryant. That's why I don't. I can't fucking stand Kobe Bryant out off off the basketball court, because he's done literally nothing to advance the black community. Neither is Jordan. Mm. I was gonna say, can you say the same for Jordan? Jordan <laughs> recently, Jordan. recently Jordan has at least come out recently. and what <clears throat> he, he gave, he gave yeah, a million dollars, but then also like, gave money to the other side too. So he kind of did wait, like Jordan's what? not an angel. He, he split no, the yeah. he split the out. So when but he gave Kobe the money has not to said the shit ever, yeah. I mean, At but least Jordan but, came out and but, said something. I mean, but recently. this was like three weeks ago type shit. Like yeah, Jordan yeah. hasn't done anything. That Ever. was uh, that was Jordan's biggest criticism that he didn't say he was like Since what fucking eighty five. Yeah, it's true. But Republicans <laughs> wear sneakers too. Like, nah, it's true. It's true. Republicans. And at the end of the day, too. Jordan has gotten a lot of people killed with his sneaker prices. But on the he's street. done worse. If you want to be real. <laughs> And he's that's true. Yeah, we can talk about the private prison investments. We can talk about all of that. Oh. 
Yeah. Ooh, um, we need more time. The yeah. Is, he, yeah, I mean, there's a. There's <laughs> ain't got time. Um, ain't got time. The, uh, the funny, the sweater I'm wearing, the, the the group that, the Dream Defenders, like they did a study and they found out like there's a list of names, especially black names and prominent people in the mainstream industry. Period. Who um, basically invest in these companies that are like umbrella companies for the CCA and for things of that nature. But shout out to. You know, Obama and getting fucking CCA getting out the fuck out of here. But still, like eighty percent of the prisons are still run. Yeah, um, it's gonna um, take private a while. Home. Private home. Yeah, but private yeah. prisons. One by one. One by one. But and do you think that? But should we really be? I mean, my thing is, I'm I'm posing a question. And I already have my own answer to it. But I mean, I want everybody to answer. Should we really be looking as adults? Because I know it affects the youth. But as adults, we shouldn't. Should we really be looking at these guys for their support? And we know that they're not fucking really in tune to the fucking to what we are in tune. You know to. why we should be looking for now, it? Because there are some white people out there that, for instance, whenever segregation existed and everything like that, a lot of white people did not fuck with black people outside of a sporting arena. But once mm-hmm. you got in the sporting arena, <coughs> Magic Johnson was God. Mm-hmm. Magic Johnson could do no wrong if he told you to drink. Oatmeal every morning You probably would tell Your white son To drink oatmeal Because Magic Johnson Said so It's the OJ so if, fight. Yeah exactly If some of these Black athletes Would come out And explain How wrong Some of this shit is Maybe people would say Hmm I guess they're On to something Like even I mean I don't like Chip Kelly But even Chip Kelly Came out the other day And said Kaepernick is exposing The ugly shit In America right but now Ka- But you know, Chip Kelly shit Was still kind of like uh, He just only answered The question To come back I mean, but The dickhead, the, but, the dickhead but reporter Coming from where Chip Kelly came from yeah. Three years ago When all his His black players were Saying he doesn't Give a fuck about us mm-hmm. I mean he's making Steps into uh, to more progression the, the main thing I would say is that <clears throat> White, white Time out folks, that's, Ty, Ty has uh, connected His own uh, mic Right I connect all the mics So yes you know. He's like I'm gonna connect mine Thank yeah, you. So I, I just had to chime in on this because I feel like white folks only comment on the Who, what, and where They don't ever comment on the why And what I mean by that is like The, the who is like Oh who is it? Oh Colin Kaepernick Oh he's a backup quarterback What's he complaining about? Oh, Black Lives Matter and unjust protests. Where is he doing it? On a football field? That's so disrespectful. But when you see a unarmed black man get two incidents back to back, get shot, why aren't people commenting about that? That's why he's protesting. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to comment, don't comment on the what, don't comment on the who, don't comment on the where, comment on the why. Because as soon as this shit happens, no one has nothing to say. Mm. So why aren't you Why aren't you commenting on the why? As soon as, uh, it's just crickets. Like, oh, you, you'll see the guy, his hands is up. That They had the helicopter view of the situation. He gets shot. All those people that got a comment about Kaepernick's behavior, they got nothing to say about that. Right. That is why Kaepernick is doing it. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to comment on something, don't comment when it benefits you. Don't comment comment on everything or don't say nothing at all. Right. You know what I mean? So that's where that's where the, the, the main issue comes at is people want to comment on the who, what, where, but not the why. And I think that was a lot of frustration from a lot of people last week, you know, when all these incidents were happening. And it's just like there was such an outrage when, when Colin Kaepernick... Uh, 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 you know, took his stand when he was the first one to, you know, to uh, to sit down and then to, you know, follow suit and then kneel. But there, like, is where were those people 
the week, two weeks later, when you had these incidents shown in your face, uh, uh, you know, minute after minute, whether it be on the TV, whether it be on your phone, whether it be in the newspaper, however you, you access your media, uh, th- there were these blatant incidences of, uh, I mean, injustice. And and I mean, cool, and I'll I'll give props where props is due. Tulsa charged that uh, Betty, your Betty White. Betty, Betty Shelby was her name. Charged her with manslaughter. So I, I'll give them their just due. They, they, they didn't wait five months to let an investigation peel yeah, out. Will she be convicted? That's the real question. You know, she's also. You know, but I mean, but half the, but half the fight is just getting the indictment because that never yeah, happens. Nah, yeah. she may get convicted. Well, most of them, they, they do end up being charged, but they never get convicted though. Like with the Baltimore people, how they like literally over the last like year and a half have been letting all of all eight officers off, like. <laughs> Oh, these two officers off. This one officer off. I mean, uh, even whatever. if she gets convicted, I know they're gonna give her a sweet fucking deal. Right. Yep. Ever since I watched the night of, I think of shit behind the scenes now where I'm like, damn, yo, like these prosecutors and these, yep. all these people work together at the end of the day Absolutely. behind the scenes, even and it's like a cop. They're gonna yeah. they're gonna look out for her regardless. They're gonna yeah. be like, look, we gotta make good face. We gotta do this for the public. You served six months. We let you out on good good behavior. Blah 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 blah. Like in uh, uh, Fruitvale Station, yeah. um, when um, you know the movie that Michael B. Jordan was in, when he was on the platform and he got shot, and they had the video, and the cop mm-hmm. did it, and the cop got he got indicted, he got invi- uh, convicted, but only got like a year and a half sentence. Right. Well, I think they also did it convicted her based off of you seen how they huddled up in front of the the dash cam, so that nothing would be seen. But luckily that. Airplane the, uh, yeah, aerial the view yeah. that gave us because otherwise it would have been the same really story. Oh, yeah, it would have sure. been the same shit. I mean, and the I don't body cams, body cams don't really serve a purpose but to give us a in a closer view of the murders. Well, I'm exactly. talking about the dash cam and even in Virginia, I know, but I'm saying, but like, yeah, the dash cams have been there since the, the early nineties, right? The body cams were there to give to create some type of line to show you like where they crossed the line, but they're not really doing anything. Especially but to kind of right to right, they know how to turn them off. Now we talked about that last air week, quotes right? malfunctioning. But to um to kind of circle back, I think it just sucks. And like for me and everybody knows if you listen to this podcast, and I'm from Ohio, and I'm a super fucking Cavs fan. I'm a super LeBron fan. It just sucks that like I know that he's being censored right now because literally less than six months ago, just like with Cam, six months ago, him, D Wade, Chris Paul, and fucking Carmelo Anthony stood on the ESPYS and talked about Black right. fucking lives mattering. So what the fuck has happened? That's what I'm saying. Like I know there are people behind the. Of course, exactly. And it's all about money. That's why I'm waiting for like. One- Cam, bro, but Cam was like wearing black sweatshirts. He fucking giving money last year to the victims of crimes. See, like, like, can can you imagine if Cap, if LeBron was Kaepernick? <clears throat> like, if if LeBron was like, yo, fuck the money, fuck all this bullshit. This is what was really happening. They're trying to quiet me behind yeah. the scenes. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about the fifty million dollar contract. They kill him though. Bro, they would kill him. Jim Brown, Boom. Jim Brown would not stand for that shit. Jim Brown would have been out here like nope. I'm still about to drop. Like, Four hundred yards. Yeah, exactly. I'm out. Well, and they need. Like, the thing is, I don't think they. I don't think the players realize how much the league needs them. Like a player like Carmelo, he's in the twilight of his career. He's got like maybe three or four years left. Maybe. Prime. Yeah, he's past his prime. Like he's in the. He's at a point where he's like, look, I know what matters to me. Even though I'm not the the biggest player in the league, I am a superstar. I am an all star, and so I know that my. That's why I said like when they stood up on and the ESPYS and said that shit and wore all black and did their thing, I was like I believed in that. And Carmelo has still pushed since then to like keep this actions going and wanting to commit to the cause and stuff like it's that. It's funny like Carmelo is the only one out of all of them that I Bruh. think really 
Burley's right. him and Dwayne Wade. Him and Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade be doing it too because Dwayne Wade's from Chicago. So and him being back in Chicago, we're gonna see what he does to contribute to his own community. Right, but I know Gabrielle Union not gonna let him just sit back and not do shit because. But they get it though. They're like they know this is not. Man, ju- it's not just basketball. You know what I mean? Like it's it's greater than that. They all get it. They all get it. LeBron's no, the one but making the more money the than anybody. Is, yeah, they did. The difference is is that you can get it, but if you don't care, then you don't get it. You know that's, what I mean? That's true. They care too much about their individual like enterprise because they're Fuck like, well, that. if I speak on this, then I'm not. I know this dude is going to turn hook me people. Up it's going to turn opportunity. Right. And it's that's gonna, what I was saying about Cam, dog. Because Cam is Cam has that. said Cam has said what he actually felt. Everything now since then has been a recanting of that. Even yeah. him, he's still digging himself in a hole deeper with his fucking dumbass wing ding fucking uh, <laughs> captions on Instagram. I ain't get that. But he did speak out the next day after it, and what he was saying, like I, as a human, I understand. But he he's like, yo, the same thing he's like, yo, did, I'm damned if I do, damned if I don't. He was like, no matter what I say, I'm gonna That's get. That's why I'm everybody needs to read from Forty Million Dollar Slaves. Read mm-hmm. Forty Million Dollar Slaves by Bill Roden, yep. and you'll understand how the fuck all these athletes are slaves they're all caught up in the system the same system that all of us are in because at the end of the day yeah you might see lebron on tv you might see all these dudes on tv making a hundred million here hundred million there lebron signed a billion dollar contract but he's still a contract tied to nike he's still owned by people like Mm -hmm. all these athletes are afraid to lose their lose their bread it's like it's like a drug it's like pablo it's like pablo escobar right like you could have stopped 10 years before you got killed but you just want to keep going like you you're afraid to walk away from the dough but that's also because we as the people we kind of turn our back when people fall off we don't support them so they don't feel like they have a safety net so they they feel like they're out on their own that's so true. it's kind of like that's as true. soon as we seem like oh shit he fucked up like even when i when i had my studio back in the day we used to have parties and you know we was what 20 21 like you know so sometimes you get somebody who's 19 or 20 who come in the party and if, if anything happened, if anybody got, if I got caught at that party having people drinking and shit like that, I'm the one getting arrested. I'm the one going to jail. And, and everybody, everybody's out. Right. Everybody's like, that oh, damn, Todd yeah. fucked up. Yo, yeah, yo, I don't know. He had that party. Like, it's nobody going, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, if people felt like they had the public's back, like the public had their back or they would be there to support them, or then that would be a little bit more substantial for them to step out. But when you feel like, you just in this square and as soon as you step out motherfuckers ain't gonna respect you well come on though that's like that's the same theory of anybody in our position who like raises up and 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 becomes super successful all the extra people that started joining the bandwagon after you became successful those are the fake people that you know are obviously disposable who gives a fuck about any of the fans besides the people that were there before the the fandom started like why should you even care and the people that stayed true that's why I really fuck we talked about that before too like Iverson Iverson's comments like look now I know who my real friends are at the Hall of Fame like that was a complete ode to what you're saying and that's what really depends on how these guys are acting Um, you have I mean Kaepernick is a Kappa so he has like a a brotherhood of black men and other you know races (laughs) minority of other races but mostly black men who I'm sure have contact with them and let him know like what's good um, I mean Mark Lamont Hill Who was a super activist Is also a Kappa So I'm sure that like These people on these High prominent bases Are keeping in contact With each other Guys like LeBron Who like went to high school And went straight to the league All his friends are like Profiting off of who he is So I'm sure they're not Really giving him The proper fuel And with like Cam Cam was like Bounced around Like he went from one school He went to UF To Blinn College To Clemson For what one year 
So like I'm sure he doesn't really have Like a base of friends Cause that's what keeps us grounded And keeps us like tied to the To movement Is that You know Your friends around you Your peers are the ones Who are gonna push you To make the right decisions Or wrong decisions So I think that We have to look at the, Like the structure That these guys are around But I mean We'll see how the season goes on. I think that, um, <clears throat> and, and that's what it is. It's like the, the NBA season just like yeah. opened up to free world. Like we haven't even had hit preseason games yet. So um, it, it'll it'll be interesting. It'll be a hot topic that you know we'll definitely come back to and address. Um, how you feel about Fantasia uh, doing an All Lives Matter <laughs> concert, Dave? When I read that headline, I was just like, "You gotta be fucking kidding me, dog!" Not like if you don't want me, then don't talk to me, Fantasia. Right. Not. She can't read and <laughs> damn, bro. all words matter. That's why wow, all this, all this, <laughs> damn. <laughs> damn, damn, that's low. She, she deserves, low. She, she, she deserves all these jokes. Fantasia is an a, a amazing singer, but I just don't understand how. And it's not just her. Um, there were like, and it's been a narrative of black, like black Baptist preachers like backing trump you know so, so what's worse fantasia with the all lives matter or, or don king endorsing trump oh, please. oh my goodness wait what well don king ain't really never he was a nigga i mean I, I walked, uh, a negro i walked away from the mic i had to come back for this you didn't see this coon shit that this nigga did <laughs> oh what he did some shit i'll do the lead into it so so trump had um, so Trump was in, was in Detroit um, last week. So he had this whole big meeting behind a black. No, it wasn't even black people there. It was just him. Nah, it, it was, was black people. It, it was, was like one. It was like a couple spread out. It spread was up. those same black preachers that I'm talking about. The main ones who had the mega churches in fucking Detroit right, right, were right. backing him. Yeah. So this dude is in on the mic talking in front of a bunch of white people and a bunch of white people behind him and a couple black preachers behind Mike him talking Pence about yeah. There. If you could be a a cool Negro dancing, you could be a a, a singing Negro. You could be a a, a a jive nigga. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. I meant Negro, ha ha ha. And it's just a what? bunch of people looking like, yeah. Nick, are you Don cr- King? Supporting Don King, Don King supporting Don Trump, With Donald Trump, hair. and Donald Trump is right behind him. Just Laughing. like, what do you mean you could be a, a coon? Negro? Like exactly. he was talking about, what, like, what do you mean? He basically was saying what he was trying to say, and it wasn't even good. What he was trying to say, what he was trying to say was, yo, look, the whole shit was incoherent. He was like, look, I told Michael, I told Michael Jackson. That if you ain't have no money, you just be a dancing Negro. If you couldn't dance, you just be a singing Negro. Basically, what he's saying is what uh, Trump said, which is that you have no other. Like, what else do you have to lose? Basically, like you might as well pick from because if you don't have no talents, you're just gonna be a nigga at the end of the day. What? That wow. is exactly that's like what, he, what said. he said. This is crazy. Don King. Don King. Same hair, but he been a sellout. same chains, same made in America jacket, but he been a sellout. He been a sellout for decades. Right. So it don't also I mean, Don King has never actually. Helped his people Ever He helped his people Go bankrupt From you know Mike yeah. Tyson Even when he was Around fucking uh, Muhammad bro Like he's not really help- I'm sure he's helped Black people lose A billion dollars In his lifetime <laughs> No that's <laughs> No 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 Nick said According Dead to ass my though, calculations Because With all the money That he <laughs> yeah. was making Off of Mike Tyson Mike Tyson should at least Be worth like 300 million dollars right Well now. Mike Tyson Was worth 400 I think in 20 mil exactly. At one time And then he was living In a homeless shelter A few years ago So go yeah. figure Mike Tyson? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike well, Tyson was several, living in a West Tab or that, a that uh, one man play that he did, like he needed to do that. Oh, but that shit was. But he funny. made a rebound. He made a yeah. comeback. That shit yeah. was from the one man play between that, the one man play, the one man play, play Hangover, the, doc- the documentary, yeah, the, the Hangovers, yeah. one and three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey. 
But anyways, man, Fantasia, that was fuck shit. Twitter tried to get her ass the fuck out but of out here. But out of all the all the artists in the scene right now, you gonna pick Amelson, Anthony Hamilton? Well, like she had been on tour with him, so I think that she put her put. So she had basically put his name on the like like yo, he's good. Singing, like but he remixes got, Fetty Wap into the the slave and joint. She's, <laughs> like this is Anthony Hamilton. The 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 concert was to be taking place in Charlotte. Um, she's from Charlotte. So I think when they reached out to her, it was probably one of her preachers, one of her old pastors was probably like, look, look at Fantasia. We need you to come speak to the youth <laughs> about the problem we're having with the racial discrepancies in Charlotte, North Carolina. And she was probably like, yes, pastor. Yes, pastor. Like, you know, because a lot of times religion can be tied to people blindly following things, um, which is why the politicians always go to black churches, because if the black preachers say it, you're going to vote for it. Um, I mean, Twitter got that shit the fuck out of here, but apparently it's supposed to be happening again, but, you know, who cares? I mean, I care, but not really. Yes, you do. Uh, it's Fantasia. I mean, we could we could lose her. We've lost a lot of... <laughs> we've lost we, a lot of people. We can afford you. Yeah, we could afford we're not even We're not even all the way up this mountain of, like, uphill battle against, like, race and racial discrimination, and we've lost a lot of black figures thus far, so I don't think, I mean... This ain't no love lost it. is what Dave No love said. lost, my nigga, for real. Yeah, and to kick rocks. Um, you know, well, we—I mean, we still have two people that here that you know we brought in because we wanted to hear their opinions, just not on the topics that we had. Um, but we also wanted to pick their brains a little bit. Um, because I mean, we all have our certain niches, we all have our passions, and uh, these are two. Uh, two guys that you know we trust me like nick said that's my family so i'm definitely heavily involved into what he's doing and i'm I'm always you know questioning him and i think it's really interesting and chuck you know he's the homie so i'm always into what he's into and you know these are these man's passions so um we felt that is a good time for those for them to bring that to the mic because they're two definitely uh unique situations Mm -hmm. um but it's definitely uh two men out here doing their thing um nick i'll pick your brain for a little bit um what made you want to get into the general um journalism aspect and uh transition into uh sports journalism well in in uh in high school the end of high school i started to do a lot of oratory competitions i was doing a lot of speeches and i wanted to find a career path that allowed me to use my voice and get paid for it without necessarily doing something like being a lawyer or something regular i didn't want to i knew i didn't want a regular nine to five job that people in my family had had people that I had grown up with, had parents that I I wanted something that really had to do with my passion. And I really loved sports my whole life. And um, I decided to major in journalism when I went to school. And uh, when I found out that traditional journalism wasn't necessarily my passion, I was like, damn, like, did I make a mistake? Because I used to think of myself as the guy that would be like Stuart Scott at a sports desk talking about the nightly sports news and everything like that. But then I was like, you know what? I feel like my personality is bigger than that like I feel like I want to be able to use my opinions and and have more of a not necessarily Stephen A. Smith Skip Bayless approach but a mixture between traditional sports and non-traditional so um, I started to kind of just find a way to tie sports pop culture and entertainment together and sure. create a niche for myself if that makes sense okay did that now did that come after because i mean so you you did work with espn for a little bit um yep. you worked with fox sports for a little bit yep so did this come during that 
transitional period or was it uh, before it was it, it actually you know what what's funny is uh when i interned for espn that was probably one of the best working experiences i've ever had to this date because they pretty much gave me free range to not only talk about sports with athletes but i had a chance to interview entertainers such as cedric the entertainer um donald Faison from scrubs mm. and talk to people that had nothing to do with sports for their actual day job but they loved sports and were able to elaborate on it. so i was like you know what a couple years later when i was getting ready to graduate i was like okay my internship at espn was pretty diverse in terms of not just dealing with athletes talking about sports i was able to talk to musicians and comedians and actors about sports so why can't i talk to athletes about fashion why can't i talk to athletes about their music choices um when i was at fox sports i wasn't really doing content creation i was more doing editing copy editing but i knew that i wanted more than that i knew that i wanted to have a voice on camera or on audio so when i found out about this contest called the aol sports search which was AOL, obviously everyone knows AOL as a dial-up company for internet, but they were trying to do some content creation and they were looking for their first ever sports host. So I went to the audition and I basically told them, you know, what my dreams and aspirations were. One of the questions was, you know, if you had a perfect job situation, like we said, we'll give you all the money to do whatever you wanted to do here, what would it be? And I said, well, you know what? I really like watching Anthony Bourdain I really like watching ESPN and I really like listening to music. So if I had a perfect job, I would love to be the type of dude that could travel to Jamaica, talk to Usain Bolt about track and field, but also about the food from Jamaica and go to a party and pretty much explore Usain Bolt's whole you know, world. Like I would I wouldn't want to talk to him more. I would want to talk to him about more than just what he does on the track and field. A day in the life. Yeah, a day in the life of somebody. You know, I, I don't like to talk to athletes about the X's and O's all the time because at the end of the day, everybody else is doing that. And you already have dudes that have been in the business for forty years talking to Brian Fitz you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick about why he threw six picks. I would rather talk to Ryan about, yo, all right, we know you threw six picks, but Where's your getaway gonna? Where's your getaway spot gonna be after the Jets go three and thirteen? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but you know, I, I just I just like to talk to athletes about more than 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 their than their day jobs. Yeah. So it's been able to work for me thus far. All right, I appreciate the shade. That kind of reminds me of um, I don't know if you guys remember like that show that Brooke Burke used to do on E. Like after Howard Stern, she would just like go to like mad places and just be partying, and she would go during the daytime. And she would maybe like do some like ATV and do whatever tourist stuff. You know, Brooke Burke, she was like fine bikinis and stuff like that. And then they would take her to the hottest party in Barbados and she'd be like, yo, I'm coming live from this party. Like that shit was lit. So I can understand like at least rooting yourself in something that not only you're passionate about, but something you can just enjoy. Like you only have this life so many times like i think we have a bad stigma about not enjoying work especially yeah. amongst black people we have a thing that work should be laborious it should hurt it should be painful life should be a struggle no. you know i was just uh, talking about this with a friend because like yo it, i think it's crazy that black people think that we just always just have to struggle and i find it that other races don't encourage this like if i'm in college and my parents are working and they are above the you know the um low income range like they're middle like middle class 
Like they should be able To shoot me some bread If I'm taking care Of my own college You know like I shouldn't have to be Taking a, a 20, 30 hour job And also Taking 18 hours Of, of school work Or whatever yeah, you should be able to work smart. And um, one of my boys, actually, my the co-host to my um, Justin. podcast, Justin, he he is a traditional sports anchor. Um, you could watch him on Verizon FiOS. He's the sports guy over there. If you have FiOS One, you could watch him over there in Westchester in the Bronx. But he posted a picture of him reporting from the Giants game the other day, and his caption was, "Mondays aren't so bad. It's your job that sucks." And it's like. Find something that you really love to do. Don't worry about the money. Don't worry about anything else than finding something that you love to do. And if you're passionate about something, the money's eventually gonna come. And, yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Like, like, yeah, no, it's, that's just the way you should live life. Like, like it's not even like most people say they hate Mondays. I think people hate Tuesdays. Cause like if you have a good weekend, that that trickles down to Monday, and then Tuesday come and you're like, damn, when is Hump Day? When is Thursday? So it's like really that, but. Like, yeah, you should definitely find your passion where it is. Like, I mean, transitioning. How'd you fall in love with your passion? This is Chuck speaking, by the way, if you're not aware. I mean, mine's is different. I think um, I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of photographers getting paid for shitty work. And I was looking like, what the fuck? Like, how is this happening? And I realized it was just like access. Right. But like I transitioned now. So like now I teach photography inside of middle school. Right. So like I'm getting paid to do what I love. And, like, that's where Nick's point comes into play. Like, it took me five years to get to this job. Before that, I did a lot of freelance and worked for different brands and created content and, like, found found my style. But, yeah, I just seen people getting paid, and I was like, this shit is not good. Now, let me pick your brain on that. Like, what, did, what to you defines shitty work? Like, what's the difference between shitty work and good work, if you could break it down? I mean, for me, it's like just having a regular-ass concept and someone calling this shit great. Where instead of like making a concept, like tell a story. So like look at my show for instance. Like most people are like, yo, this was a legit show because you told a story. It wasn't like you went in your archives, pick some pictures and say, yo, this is my up. exhibit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like and I think, I think there's a few brands that do that. <clears throat> like I mean, Leon Dior does that very good. Like they tell stories with their with their lookbooks. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, Kiff used to do it. They don't do it anymore. Now it's just like these are the clothes. So crazy because I've never even thought about that. When I look at a lookbook, I never look for a story because I don't think I've ever seen one. What a story! Lookbook. Sometimes the stories be like colors, patterns, uh, whatever that pattern is. So for instance, it like, depends on the brand too. Like um, Brooklyn Circus used to really um, yeah, infuse yeah. their uh, lookbooks with actual like trying to do something, and then you have people who just do. What Chuck does outside of just brands like uh, Street Etiquette, I remember one of the first things that I was introduced to in college was um, the Black Ivy thing that Joshua Kissy and Luigi from uh, Brooklyn Circus were a part of, where basically they went to like this old looking campus, old Ivy College. Yep. And they fucking all dressed in this like black dandy attire. And it was the fucking dopest thing I had ever seen in my life. And like I remember bringing that to fam and I was a part of the the magazine at the time and being like, yo, we have to do a shoot like this. Yeah, because Street Etiquette does it well. They did it. They also did it. Or it used to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it used to. But they but even they still do it. Madberry is good with stories with with product too. Madberry stories are good, but like street there's a street etiquette story that I like and it was slum flower and it was like taking like a whole bunch of black men based around this little kid they're all dressed in suits but they live in the projects 
and like mm. the concept was kind of like playing basketball but it was based around this one kid and like who he sees when he travels through the projects but like yeah madbury's very good at telling stories like we were just talking about that off air about like how they just dropped his t-shirt today but the whole concept is based around like a dirty ass copy machine room <laughs> like old xerox commercials and shit like mm-hmm. that um, Oh, go ahead. Go for No, I was um, not to like steer away from it, but Nick had a question about like the state of journalism right now and like how, like how traditional journalism versus like where we are now, like going to school for journal- journalism. Like, what are they even teaching? Well, know? like what I when I, I sometimes I speak uh, at universities to journalism students and they ask me questions like what should we be doing if we want to be in your position or what should we be doing if we want to be Stephen A. Smith and I'm like all right first of all you can't look at it like you want to be doing what I'm doing or what Stephen A. Smith is doing because everybody has their own path and Mm -hmm. it's not the same as it was five years ago or especially 10 years ago if you want to be a journalist in today's climate you have to know how to do everything there's no such thing as a columnist anymore there's no such thing as a writer anymore there's no such thing as a tv host anymore because you got to know how to shoot you got to know how to edit you got to know how to write you have to know how to do pretty much everything because everything is transitioning into the digital sphere no matter if you work for a newspaper or a tv media outlet or a digital outlet you have to be willing to do everything because companies are cutting back on spending money for somebody who's only one dimensional yeah you have to be able to carry your own weight and help in other areas or else you're not going to be able to survive but i think it's a beautiful thing because today is the type of day that anybody can say you know what i'm gonna be a journalist i have a friend he has a uh he has a podcast as well and he does his own thing he is uh handle is jr sports brief and this dude basically created his own niche from scratch he has like 300k followers on twitter he has sponsorship he interviews all types of athletes he gets invited to all-star games and he doesn't work for an for an outlet like he just gets his own bread it's all it's like being an independent artist yeah he's just making all this bread without being tied to espn or fox sports or anywhere like that he's not a quote-unquote slave to anybody he can take vacation whenever he feels like it that's awesome yeah and that that's the goal for me i mean i would love to get to that point but but that's a time period though that's a time period into though yeah like that's like that's what we're like i feel like this is just a different time period i think i think of like the harlem renaissance where it's just like music right but like for us now it's like creating your own situation and lane profiting from it and then like building more content to get you there because like there's a lot of creative agencies that have been built. There's a lot of things. Like, I always say, like, if you do fitness, if you do photography, and if you do something in, like, fashion, you'll last a little bit longer. All the rest of the stuff are, like, waves that are go in and out that we're, like, coming out of. Because even when, like, like, being a writer used to be cool, like you said, but now it's just, like, a lot of shit becomes yellow journalism. Mm-hmm. And then, like, after a while, it's just, like, Oh, I write, but I also, like you say, you have those components. Because I meet a lot of guys, they'd be like, yo, I do photography. I'd be like, where are you? But what do you do? Oh, I work for fucking somebody else, and I'm a writer. But they just know how to use a camera. That's what I was going to ask you about, is that, um, I mean, yeah, I, like, you came, I came in the game as, like, a stylist or whatever. Um, And I worked for some good people, blah, 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 did my thing. Um, But I realized that that 
like category was just like super super saturated with a lot of people who were getting opportunities but weren't good because of who they knew and just like it wasn't like a place that i felt like i wanted to be in and i knew that i was bigger than that you as a photographer um in the last five to six years everybody has like fucking saved up fifteen hundred dollars and bought a fucking dslr and now everybody's a fucking photographer now like how do you continue to move in something that you know you're passionate in but you know is like a super saturated fucking thing right now i mean for me it's a i, I literally do i market myself differently right i call myself a content cure content producer or or curator right mm-hmm. so like putting a photographer out there for me is just like non-existent non-existent but you know if someone's like oh what is that essentially i'm a photographer i create content i did i create scenarios and tell stories for you but you've absorbed what would be the role of a creative director and an art director and an editor like not like a, a actual writing editor but like a photo editor so like a lot of the i mean i, I mean if there's a few like prominent photographers in like our age bracket and most of those guys if not all edit their own photos you do the same thing as well right essentially yes yeah so I mean those are things that the thing that Mark that Nick was embarking on or was speaking on like I think that's something that is just in general for a lot of people who are maybe have seen things growing up like I think for Nick one of my favorite examples of that is like Bomani Jones so Bomani Jones um, if you're not familiar he's on ESPN now but He's bounced around a few different networks. And it's because he's um, unbridled and he's like very much so like he understands his brand and his niche. And a lot of times like a lot of different um, broadcast companies try to like box him in and he ends up either getting let go or he leaves himself. But he's always blogged, always written, always done the uh, podcast thing. And now it's like a super thing now. And like ESPN has invested now because of him and other people have invested into the podcast thing like you now like every episode of his and hers is now available in podcast form which is fucking genius well well touching on bomani jones and this could work for any type of career path if you watch him on ted talk he talks about how even though he was having all these opportunities before the reason why he kept bouncing up and down and around was because he couldn't stick to an actual path like he wasn't directing his energy into an actual created plan like he finally created a plan and worked with it and stuck with it and brought it with him to different places because if you don't have a plan no matter what you're doing you're going to be all over the place and not have your energy centered anywhere and to tie back to your question dave like how is it is to be a photographer and it's saturated that's the key it's having a certain style or plan if, if an aesthetic it. i mean an aesthetic so, so, like, so essentially like, you're an artist yeah but I, so i do mostly content and details right so right like, like that's what my main focus is you know i transition to events too in a sense but mostly like i do content in detail product shots you know very basic flat down things right you have guys like uh like Pierre, who's who's like started out with like shooting people, but mm. transitioning to now doing more lookbooks, yeah, you know, and things like that. Then you have guys like Skinny, who I consider is like the modern day Bill Cunningham. He just shoots the people, you know, and yeah. he shoots what he sees. So it's just finding your style. Like for me, because a lot of photographers they they think that like, oh, I do weddings, I do parties, and I do this. Then like you get a job, and then the job is like, well, can you do this? type of work for me i want you to do a product shot flat down looks exactly like this 
create this and they be like well i've never done that before but i've done this and it's like it's good to be versatile in a lot of things but you got to have something that is definitely yours and like your own aesthetic if that makes sense but also i think what we both are speaking to is that it has to be a wise decision and what you're actually embarking on like what, what you're actually like good at like you have to be something that they don't just be the guy who's good at shooting trees be the guy who's good at shooting landscape you know so i mean i get that I get that That's cool though I'm happy that both of you guys are You know Doing well dog Run your own lane Exactly <clears throat> But I mean that's It's important It's important to Find I mean like You said It's not like You have to find that profession But I just wanna I feel like I need to say something about that Because People will look at my Instagram Or look at my Twitter Or look at anything on my social media And think damn like Nick must have like crazy amounts of dollars in the bank and Nick must be doing nah it's a grind like just because I'm doing this work doesn't mean that I'm on the level of a Stephen A. Smith or any of these people that have worked in this business for 25 plus years and have earned their stripes I haven't earned my stripes yet right so I haven't even gotten anywhere close to what my actual real plans are this is just the beginning and I'm sure Mm -hmm. Chuck can say the same about himself like people can't look and say damn like y'all are doing super well great nah what people who who want to be interested in either of our careers should be asking is like all right what steps are y'all taking to like break through the next level and how do you feel about all the challenges that you're facing x y and z etc because we i I mean personally myself i haven't made it to even 25 percent of where i plan on going like this is literally just the beginning Nah, yeah, same here. I'm nowhere near it. Um, I got a, I got a, I got a chance to see what it may look like on Saturday, you know. But that's like continuing to push that, that limit and seeing like you know. That should only drive you more. Yeah. It's a marathon. Yeah. It's a marathon. It's about those who last the longest in such something in something that is um, seemingly like a desert. Like following your dreams is like following your heart. And when you're following your heart, you're literally out by yourself. There's nothing around to help you. You might go, you know, to carry the analogy, you might go days without drinking water, clean water, but you have to somehow survive because everybody before you who's made it through that desert, through that wilderness has fucking survived. Mm -hmm. And they're going to tell you the same thing that you're already thinking to yourself. You're thinking that there's a way around it. There is not. If you're looking at people who have fucking... You know, skipped up, and that's from anything like fucking Ken being in you know the wine business, Fab DJing, like you know me doing the fashion thing. There's literally like no way around this shit, and I'm sure each of us have like that one exception of an example of somebody who like came in this shit and they had the connections and they had the right person, and in one year, boom, they rocking. But we're looking at them in 2016. Look at that same person in 10 years, and 15, and 20 years, and that and that just goes back to if you follow me on social media, you know my favorite hashtag is 10,000 hours, and like it just goes, <coughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Well, before before we get too ahead of ourselves, I want to ask you guys: Did you guys have like an aha moment of mm-hmm. when you knew? Um, you know, like what you really wanted to do, like your the difference between, you know, traditional journalism for you and like or like you know what kind of photography you really wanted to get into. Like, did you guys have like a like an aha moment or like a, a something happened that just it clicked or like you were doing something? I I know I did. Um, I, because when I was working at Fox Sports, I had had doubts about if I wanted to continue with this career path because I was like, damn, like. 
I'm not really doing what I love. Like this isn't if I have to follow on this path just to say, all right, I'm finally on camera interviewing athletes because I got to interview a couple athletes when I was at Fox Sports. But I noticed it was super different than my internship. I was like, damn, my internship was basically like somebody treating you to Del Frisco's. And then you realizing like, damn, if nobody's treating me to Del Frisco's, I'm not going to be able to eat that again. So now let me just settle for TGIF Fridays and not saying anything bad about Fox. But the job that I was that I was doing was just so below my actual dream. Mm. And when I got to AOL that's when everything was like damn like this is what i want to be doing because i had to cover the Derek jeter players tribune launch and you know being a, a inexperienced journalist getting thrown into a room with a whole bunch of high profile journalists that are interviewing jeter and cc sabathia and matt harvey is a little intimidating because you know every everybody's like basically the pressure's on you nick you better make this shit work mm-hmm. blah, blah 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 and it's like all right what am I going to talk to Jeter and CeCe about? And I think the aha moment for me in that day was when CeCe walked in with some custom uh, 11s on that I'd never seen before. We just sparked a conversation about his 11s and the cameras were rolling. And I swear it was just like it was the best interview I'd ever had. He was just going. He was laughing. He was going on and on about how much of a sneakerhead he was and how if he wasn't doing baseball, he probably would be buying 20 pairs of Yeezy and selling them on eBay and things like that. And he just started to really show color and instead of these robotic answers from athletes. And then the, it's the same thing happened with Jeter. I knew that Jeter was a big movie buff and he loved movies. So I asked him what the Netflix and chill playlist was 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 for him and his girlfriend. And he laughed about that and started to break down like what movies he loved. And then after the interview was over, he was like, yo, did you see Birdman? I was like, yeah, I love that movie. He's like, all right, because I, I, you know, I really want a good opinion on it. And we just started like, Oh, shooting the tight. shit OG Jeter. yeah and i was like this is what i need to be doing this like i know that i have the ability to open people up and get info out of them that maybe the next older journalist might not be able to get from them especially athletes because if you think about it athletes in their prime are around their 25 26 27 so i'm able to relate relate to them better than other journalists and that's usually my I guess that's like usually my elevator pitch whenever I'm going to a company. Mm-hmm. So when I got to AOL, that's when I really figured out like this is what I need to be doing. Every company after this, I need to basically tell them why you need me and why you don't have any any journalists like me at your company right now. Yeah, that's tight. Nah, mine's was a. Uh, I was working at David Z, and like they they sell a whole bunch of brands. But I shot like some like Sacconis. And like their Timberland rep was just in the in the office looking at the pictures, and he was like, "Yo, who shot these?" And they were like, "Oh, that's our sudden new photographers in the back. He used to work in the store." And like their 40th anniversary was around, so if you remember that time, it's like they're re-releasing this, the the uh, 40 Belows. Mm-hmm. They had like this six-inch boot with like a white white leather at the top, and mm. they did they did like a, a mountain hiker that was like brown and it was like hey we want you to shoot this whole collection and like for me i was like oh shit like i must be really good at this like i think i have a good eye for shooting products like they want me to shoot the whole collection but when i did the campaign like the the like the way people received it and the way people like just seen the way i shot it like because each like that white that six inch white tim it was only so every every boot that they made for that collection was for the amount of years they've been open so i think they, the year timberland was established was like 1963 so it was only 1963 pairs of each shoe and like 
they just let me shoot the campaign. So like for me, that's when I realized like, all right, I have a, a thing for product. Let's transition this to clothes. And that's when I went to play clothes and like figured out a way to figure that out. But was it also a thing where, and I think um, another form of an aha moment is that you can be um, continually undervalued and you realize that your talent probably can take you farther than where you're at right now. And a job will continue to undervalue you as long as you let them. Um, do you feel like that campaign was like a moment where you were like, oh shit, I could definitely do more than what the fuck I'm doing right now? Yeah, no, it did. It made me step out my comfort zone to like really go to brands or know people who I knew who worked at brands. It was like, hey, like, y'all should let me work. Like, y'all should let me shoot this. Right. Like, let's do like a, a test run to see how it goes. And if you like it, let's figure it out. I mean, because essentially that's how I got to play clothes. It was kind of like someone referred me to them. I did like one of their summer lookbooks. It did really well, and then from there they just let me create every lookbook the way I wanted to, and I just put my own my own little thing on it. Yeah, that's dope. Well, that's dope. Um, you know, we appreciate y'all um, sharing y'all y'all um you know trials and tribulations, and you know what it take for y'all to got there, and and uh, uh, you know definitely spreading out the good word because I mean it's once you find that passion, once you find it like like Fab said, once you find that aha moment and it clicks. Um, you know, it, it feels like that's that's the right path for you. I know I had my my aha moment when I did my interview with um, with Empire, and um they uh it was just it started off as just a regular like I walked in suit and tie, I'm the best dressed best dressed person in the motherfucking building, so I know I'm already setting up the good foot, and um I sit down with the dude and he was like, all right, tell me something about yourself. I was like, well I'm a Mets, Nets and J- and uh, Jets fan, Mets, Knicks and Jets fan, so. First thing off the bat is you know I'm loyal. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best. That's the best line I've heard. That's the best interview line I've heard. I might use that you shit just because. Hey, that's I might just start using that shit. So you know I'm loyal. I'm I'm all about it. So he laughed and then we started talking. About it. He was like, "Oh, well, I'm from Tampa Bay." I was like, "Oh, so you you fan that you happy that they drafted Jameis?" He was like, "Yeah, fucking awesome." So like, we start you know going back and forth, and uh, you know we're just talking. He was like, "Well, why are you here?" I'm like, "Bro, I want to be in the wine business." I saw people when I was working in my wine store walking in good suits and you know shiny shoes and driving nice cars i said i need a piece of the pie uh, when i lived out in europe i saw people you know i got introduced to the culture but then coming back here they were like you know what i'm saying i saw like the the actual life that a distributor somebody works for the supplier works and he bought into me he bought into that and then um it's funny because when I, I i went out to california for um you know for uh, for a vineyard trip uh, a couple weeks ago so um, we had a dinner, and I, I don't know how it happened. I, I, I just happened to sit down at, like, the table with all the managers, right? I'm the only, like, regular employee sitting at the table. And they're like, how'd you find your seat here? I was like, I just sat down. So my, my manager, he's giving a speech uh, at the table, and he, said, and he just points to me, and he says, this guy, he's like, I'll be honest with you. He's like, I had no intentions on hiring you. I just took the interview as a favor to Bob because Bob was one of the guys that uh, that was the uh, supplier that worked in my store. And Bob knows I'd been trying to get my foot inside the industry for at least a good year and a half, two years. So Bob said there was an open position. He took my resume. He's like, yo, I only took the favor. I only took the uh, interview as a favor to Bob. He's like, but you blew me away in your interview how you can just converse and break down a conversation i know that's the keys and fuck all the wine and all that he's like that's the keys to our business if you can do that if you can have a conversation with somebody and you can make somebody feel at ease you belong in this business and he's i felt from 
two minutes into the interview, he's like, I called another guy, which he did. He called another guy, and he literally left. He's like, oh, I'll be right back. He, and he brought another guy into the interview, and he's like, sit down. Tell me what you think of him. And we're just going back and forth. So um, it was at that moment um, that I knew, I'm like, this is something um, you know, that I, I like, you know. Um, I wanted more knowledge of, and the money is decent. I think for to for me for a job, uh, there's three things that um, you need uh, that I need to. Uh, well, I so out of the three things, you need two of the things to like your job. You need three to love. One is you need to be making money. Two, the people that you work around, and three, that you're learning something. If you can get two of those three things, it's a good job. If you can get all three of those things, it's a great job, at, at least in my eyes. So, and I'm doing all three of those things. So it's it's um it's been a blessing. Yeah, so um, awesome. I think there's like one more aspect in that though, like promise, like promise for, like if you're like upward advancement, absolutely, and uh, uh, vertical integration, absolutely. Sure. That's another because a lot of times you could take a job that has all three of those things, but you'll be sitting there for the next ten years. Sure, I mean, well, I mean, but you've I'm, moved up, you've moved up. So right. I'm, I'm obvious. I'm obviously knowing that like that was one of the things, but I'm saying like I definitely feel that that's another aspect because I've left jobs knowing that there was no vertical integration. Right. But was it no vertical? Like there was no progress because you couldn't create it. No, nah. was it no progress because they were just like this is the way. Our I mean, you is. knew how it was when I was at GQ, like. There was no being a fucking fashion assistant and going to be an editor. There was like a literally like a fucking seven to ten year age difference between the youngest editor and a fuck in my age. So I was the I was the I was over the closet, you know. I was a you know a sample assistant. Like. And I'm gonna cut you off because that's a conversation that I really want to have, like in a whole and not in the span of two minutes. Is that that we're gonna have? Let's because that that is a great that is a great. Uh, concept to dive into and do and literally an entire episode on. Yeah, I agree. Um, All well, of my comments because I have the same experience at SMC. Like leaving the dream job for like, I mean that, but also the stages of corporate America and how oh, how yeah, it's absolutely. set up and how it's designed. Hell Invite yeah. me back for that. Yeah. Part um, <laughs> <laughs> two. Um, Dave, what were you watching on TV this week? Um, well, shit. Everybody should have been watching last night, or it'll be what two nights on the when it's gonna we're gonna put this up. But everybody should have been watching the damn debate last night. I think no, a lot of people were ifs, ands, and buts. But talking they, about Super Bowl numbers. I mean, yeah, hundred million viewers <laughs> they were talking about. But I mean, shit, Fab. What'd you say when you was uh, driving through LES last night? Um, I was walking on foot. Ooh. Um, but <laughs> <Boop>. <laughs> I was rolling but my six pole. <laughs> um, yeah, I left. Um, refresh radio around 9.30 so the debate already started Right. and every bar I was passing was silent with the debate on and every seat was filled and people were like literally watching it with like a drink or food or whatever right. and then I found a bar because I wasn't going to make it home in time to see it and just kind of like post it up and the bars were like they were silent like silent. You, could, you could absolutely hear every single word quieter okay. than when sports events are on okay you know well, obviously but like think sports events on like you know during the like award speech at the end of like the final game sure quieter than that like okay. library quiet and i thought it was i would never forget that moment because mm -hmm. i've never seen that before in all the bars and it's like yeah a, it's every like a, bar. Yeah, literally everybody's stuck in a moment in, in the time. lower east side like that, that demographic doesn't even like really yeah, all fuck they want to do is drunk <laughs> drink i mean right yeah so, so i mean so dope it, it was so I, I watched front to back um, I actually was up at like three thirty, four o'clock in the morning because there is a mosquito in my room. Yeah, stay like it hit me like two times, and after that, I'm like, all right, I'm up. I gotta find this motherfucker. <laughs> and I was literally up for an hour, so I watched the debate again 
as I'm circling my room with the light on, trying to find this crazy. mosquito. Looking ill. I sometimes I, I wish there was a camera in my room watching me look for the mosquito that's you in my put room. One there. Oh, it, 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 it's comedy. <laughs> it's comedy. Um, nice little GoPro. But yeah, I mean, uh, but but yeah. So the, the 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 debate itself, it was. I mean, it was. It was entertaining, right? It had its points um, for uh, both candidates. Uh, I'm a poli science buff, um, so like I could appreciate some of the hits that both of them were taking on each other. Um, I can say that Trump showed a capable uh, mannerisms to, I guess, be somewhat to be dubbed somewhat presidential for about the first 10, 15 minutes of the debate, mm-hmm. where you know he actually stood there and held his own ground. After about that 17, 18 minute moment, it was a straight, yeah, it, 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 Hillary yeah. just straight, I mean, <laughs> like, uh, rolled him over 17 times uh, with uh, her shovel. Um, it, it was real bad. It looked real bad for him to the point where I don't know how anybody in a sane mindset that has a, a logical understanding of how we're viewed as Americans to the world could sit there and say I side with Trump or I vote with Trump <laughs> right it, it lit from his stances on uh hell we can go down the line from the, the he got hit on birtherism he got hit on his taxes how he pretty much admitted that he paid no federal taxes which is why he won't release his tax forms um but he'll give out what was that should he say he'll give out his um you know, he'll, he'll present his, his health, taxes. His returns. health um, giant. He'll, he'll yeah, present his, his tax returns. Yeah, he'll give his health insurance. <laughs> Thanks, Trump. Appreciate you, bro. I'm healthy because she was sick. I think that, uh, so if you're not aware, or if you didn't watch it, you would know, because Hillary touched on it, is that um, all presidential candidates are audited by the IRS. And they're fucking, uh, the, the results of the audit are made public. Um, she was saying, I think the last, like, 39 like the last 39 years 40, the 40, For the past 40 years Each president has released Their tax return Yeah so that's like Their yeah. tax return For like the at least The past five years And right. he refused to do so Because he claims He's being audited And <coughs> Which is And he said he'll release it Soon as he he'll, And soon as he's not audited He's been audited For the past 15 years I think that the shit's About to hit the fan He Oh whoa 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 Let's not even forget That he definitely Snuck in a She's like He doesn't pay federal taxes And then he rebutted That's smart To yeah, I don't pay federal taxes. <laughs> no, he didn't, say, he didn't say I don't he was pay like, federal taxes. That makes me smart. He said that makes me smart. Yeah. When she said, because he had, he had to, she found, which I didn't know this, that be, when he filed to um, open up casinos, he had to release a one yeah. year of federal tax returns. I mean, this is years ago, but still, even on those tax returns, it showed that he paid no federal tax. Yeah. No federal taxes. Like, literally, laughed. when I really felt right. like she hit the home run was when. She brought up the fact that I didn't even know this, that he had been sued like twice for housing discrimination. Yeah, in oh, the 70s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She basically called him a racist. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, I mean, with the whole Bertha thing and the, the housing discrimination thing. I and, mean, and she didn't even bring up the Central Park Five. No. Nope. Didn't even mention that. No. Nope. So wait, I th- wait, I'm sorry. What was his correlation with them? With Central Park Five with him? Yeah. So with the Central Park Five, I mean the the story uh, goes into um, there were five black kids that were in Central Park, uh, and they were accused of um, rape. It was it was they're accused of raping a woman. Um, he l- pretty much led the charge. He was the main, just like how he was the main person out on the birtherism, how demanding Obama to, to release his tax return. He was the main person That's out saying it. that these. Central Park, it should be locked away, thrown underneath the jail. 
you know, oh, wow. not taking into any account of any evidence, not taking account into what they were saying. What you like that was his main focus. And once it was proven out that they were innocent. And that um, I think, and it was recently that they were both—they were all awarded. They got settlements. They got, they got settlements. settlements. Yeah. It was like seven, eight million dollars each. Yeah. The settlement that they got. Not once has he acknowledged that he was wrong for calling them rapists, for throwing their names uh, 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 pretty much in the mud. Shit, ruining their lives. Ruin, ruin, ruin their lives, years, bro. Because this was real. This was a, a really big thing. This was like nah, dominated. You know, dominated. Nah, I'm familiar with this story. Yeah, I just um, wanted to know. Yeah, when, I, I, I think that the one I didn't know Trump had a big bro. He was he, he led the charge, just like he led the charge, saying that Obama was not born here, carrying the flag for that. He was carrying the flag for the was Central that, Park Five. Was that the late '80s that that happened? Like yeah, early yeah, 90s, yeah, like early '90s, early. 90s. Um, for me, one of the things that really hit me hard and. Honestly, it was on both sides of the uh, of the aisle. Is when they talked. They were supposed to be talking about um, race relations. Um, they did touch on it though. Okay, so here's the thing though. So they said race relations. Race relations is not an inner race thing. They're talking about white people killing black people, cops killing black kids, blah blah blah. Both candidates basically like kind of like segued themselves into basically saying that black on black crime was basically the reason why race relations are where they are right now. I think, Hillary, have, I think Hillary did a better job. Well, okay, wait, no, Hillary I mean, did Hillary a job. Did, wait, talking about me. Hillary did a good job of saying, of bringing up the um, the jargon that a lot of activists use, which is what I was saying earlier, is that like a lot of activists kind of set the jargon and the tone for how we view terms and how things are said. And she brought up one thing that I know some of my friends always talk about, which is uh, a term of implicit bias, which is basically what the well, she she blank she basically said, yo, the cops definitely have implicit bias on black. Blacks, and right. that's why they end up being killed. That was one thing she said, but she also got back to talking about the guns being in the black kids' hands, though. She said the guns being in the neighborhoods, not in the black but kids' hands, but the guns being in the neighborhoods. The, the access, on, that's dog, the, but I mean, but she was talking about the access to black guns. on black crime. But she though. wasn't saying black on black crime. Granted, it might have been in. That's uh, very much a big implication of I mean, black but, on but black crime. But that's part of black on black but crime. They're talking the, about the race relations, not how do we help the black folks. But she was saying we need to get these guns out of the neighborhood. That's true. That's what she was saying. That was the point of what she was saying. Not that black. It's it's. Just the problem is black on black crime. She was like, "No, it's the guns that are, have gotten into the neighborhoods that we need to get out of those neighborhoods." And one thing that she did say that was fact and that needed to be said by her was that it's true. If you're a black man or a black boy and you do the same exact crime as your white counterpart, you are going to be looked at completely differently. Yeah. She said that like she verbatim. Said black, she said black and Hispanic boys, which I yeah, like she said that verbatim. Absolutely. So I mean, she wasn't. I'm not saying and, Trump. I'm and, not saying that she was Trump. Trump. It I completely mean, went for, to the cops from like, from yeah. what it um, and I mean I don't know if you meant it that way but from what you sounded it sounded sound like both Donald Trump and Hillary said equal no I'm saying that they both really didn't give me what I fucking needed for my people but I understand the PR effect and she did hit buzzwords like I said she hit the buzzwords so but lots of like what I'm saying is that the average voter the average black voter doesn't fucking know what implicit bias but bruh so one person said what do I have to say for people with racial uh, uh racial tensions and racial racial equalities I have nothing to say that he verbatim that's what one person said yeah and the other person said Black people have a different experience in this country than yeah. than white people do. One thing that 
I've, I've ne- I don't think I've heard in a president, and I could be wrong, but I don't think I've ever heard in a, in a, presidential, a presidential debate is that privatized prisons, and Hillary brought it up, that privatized prisons need to be done away with. There's no reason why people should be making money off of people going to jail. Dave, I think you're being a little unfair with, with, with Hillary because I don't, or at least what more did you want her to say? Because I was judging, yo, I'll keep it real with you. I was like, fuck Hillary before this debate because I was like, you know what? Oh, yeah. I was like, she created that she brought up the super predator thing back in the early 90s. She was on this whole war on drugs thing, similar to what Nixon and Reagan Nancy did. Reagan, yeah. And she took responsibility for that last night. She took responsibility for before that, but last night she took full responsibility for it. And she was like, look, that was a mistake on Bill and my part. Also, there were a lot of black men that went to prison for that. And Thankfully, privatized prisons will soon be done away with. Like, she basically said everything I needed to hear in order for me to vote for her because I was on the fence of not voting at all. I was never going to vote for Trump, but I was on the fence of saying, you know what, maybe the Green Party is going to get my vote. And by the way, she can actually admit she fucked up. Like, I've never heard Donald Trump apologize for anything Anything. that he said out of the most. denial over it. He wouldn't, that whole. comment about like women who are pregnant right he, he was like i never said i never said that it's just that's it's a complete clearly and that. blaming china on uh global warming and all of that stuff but um, i can reason with somebody that could admit their fuck-ups but i can't reason with somebody that their fuck-ups are shown right in front of their face and like, no no, no wait, i don't, I don't want you, i don't want you to lose it i don't want anybody don't to think it. that like um my opinion on the specific debate is saying how who i support I'm just like basically making my analysis of what I saw and what I saw was not a super it was kind of an apologist statement but it wasn't a super strong statement that gave me confidence that we are going to be okay for police killings and at least for police killings when Hillary takes office um I understand yo Trump wasn't trying to give us none of that shit and he definitely brought up the fraternal order of police bro he said I'm full in favor of stopping stop frisk. and frisk that shit Jesus Christ And that just goes Man Fucking He got people Fucking charged up You what Do you know why People like that Fucking like Not even just white people Because DJ Envy This morning Also fucking said That he was in, He was in favor Of Cyber Frisk as That's well. why he was Trending this morning That okay. is a It is because It gives People above The poverty line It gives them A sense of False A false sense of security yeah. That Anybody like me Is gonna protect DJ Envy and his dumbass little watches and shit like that. Right. Like, or white people like that. It, it, you know, uh, I saw somebody talk about this. Like, in America, black and brown kids are seen as not even say super predators, but yeah. But like, we're seen as the ones who fucking commit the crimes and do all those things. And to them, it's not even about policing us. Policing us is to say that if we die, that's just a part of doing the job of making sure everybody's fucking safe. And Things like stop and frisk are like just helping those. It's enforcing. Yeah, Does DJ man. Envy think he's a middle-aged white man? Like well, if DJ well, Envy had well. on a hoodie with no jewelry on and stop and frisk was legal in New York and he was walking oh, through yeah, Brooklyn, finished. do you think he would not get stop and frisk? Yeah, oh, but he also, yeah, but he also, but he also feels like he's like a super high-class middle-class individual. But that's bullshit. Because once you strip away the money and the jewelry and nobody, no one fucking cop knows who the fuck DJ Envy is. Like if he's walking down the street and he had on a hoodie and stop and frisk was legal, he would get stopped in the fucking yeah, frisk. I think his father. None of us even know his real name that's, <laughs> that's I, even I like, think his father's a cop too I think he might have something might have something to do I with do it. recall oh. him being related to some sort right. of his, his dad his dad is a his dad used to be a cop 
back in the day. So like, but even cops, like a lot of NYPD officers, think that is a horrible. Against, yes, I mean it's just bullshit. <sighs> um, I'm assuming we all saw power, right? Mm-hmm. I yes. mean, well, for, before we do that, what? make sure you guys go out and vote. Honestly, um, yeah. I mean, well, trust me, we're we're not done. We're not done talking about voting. We still got two more debates left. I mean, absolutely. When's but the last time we can register to vote? Do we know, or is it? Too I late? know national. Today was National Registration Day. Um, Let me look this up so yeah. we can yeah. shout it out for everybody. Yeah. Right. That'll be the clue. yeah because yeah. it doesn't help. Oh, and and go ahead. Nick, go it ahead. doesn't help at all. If, if if you don't vote You know what I mean You have to look at it At this point I feel like people need to look at it like this No there is no perfect candidate No there is nobody that has The answers to everything But there's one person That is completely unfit To run anything Like in the governmental realm Like he should not even be in the conversation That's why I'm pissed off when people say Oh well you know what Obama should have given his birth certificate To Trump because Trump is a citizen why the fuck would Obama be a senator if he wasn't a citizen of the U.S.? You don't think why? Why would he have gotten that far? There is, you don't think anybody checked him before? There that? is a system of checks and balances. Come on, son! <laughs> like, why wasn't the the Supreme Court not asking? Yeah, you know what? Trump is right. We need to see some shit. Why was the vice president? Why was anybody in Congress, Republican, Democrat, Independent, uh, saying we need to see something? Donald fucking Trump. He, uh, Kenny has brought this up. I think like towards the middle of the summer, and it's like he does represent. Every white person fucking who like sits at home, who's middle class and, and lower, who like dreams of doing it big and has these crazy ideas that nobody that goes unchecked. Like, come on, bro. Like that makes no it makes no sense. And the fact that people were still the hashtag Trump won and there were a, a large percentage, not a majority, but a large percentage of people were like, yeah, he did win. Even though that fucking, that whole thing was facetious as fuck. It was all sarcasm. It was all sarcasm. But no, 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 no. I, like I, I, when, you, when you put that shit in the group, I looked at the, at the tag. It was a lot of people who were like, yeah, yeah Trump did win. Putting up false polls. And those polls are bullshit. But like, this is what. 150. 55,000 people voted uh, on MSNBC and I, said Trump won a debate 65 to 22. Right. Like, what? Come on. Like, uh, uh, Doreen St. Don't believe that. Doreen St. Felix, she's like a prominent writer, uh, black, black lady writer in the fucking city. She was talking about, like, to these people, dog, stats do not matter, dog. Facts. Facts don't dog, matter. Dog, they don't matter. Hillary was saying so many right things that were combating stop and frisk and even to Donald Trump's personal well I call him Donnie the Trump but his personal like effects like people were like oh yeah like brushing these shits off this is what we're dealing with fucking Donald Trump is running for fucking president and he is the forerunner this is a problem dog he's, like, one, of, he's one of the two like, come on bro. I mean it represents on. the dark side of America that people fail to to, to that people to, say don't exist anymore yeah right. that shit is a lie racism is well. dead wait racism is dead because we have a black president just because we live it's because we live in New York and the people around us see a lot of liberal shit but go to Montana or go to shit go to some go parts to of Edson, yeah go to anywhere outside of upstate New York go to upstate New York <laughs> exactly go to go to Syracuse Saratoga is a, Saratoga is a perfect place to go Jesus connected connected yeah, this is backwater as fuck, yo. Slums, third yeah. world. This is their world up there. I've been up there. But I really hope everybody gets out and votes and doesn't 
Just don't be Don't an forget idiot. early voting too I don't want to hear that bullshit Like you got to work on, on, on election day That's what they got Early voting opens Like next if week If you're in, in line By 9pm You can vote No, nah, I mean Not even no. being in line no, By 9pm But like, like You can cast before, You yeah. can cast your like early vote before. Weeks before The actual election Like and, and and that's another thing. I hope people start pr- pushing and promoting, like on on these media websites, on on, on CNN, on NBC, on Fox News. They're not gonna do no Fox News because if people get out and vote early, and don't have to wait in these lines. Hillary gonna slam Trump. But <laughs> uh, like yo, they they they've put in early voting measures for a reason because like our. our I like. I mean, this is a whole other conversation for a whole other day. But our election mm-hmm. system is broken, where people have to wait in line eight hours, six hours to to, to cast their vote. That's bullshit. We live in, in 2016. You know what I'm saying I can order Domino's on my phone. Right. You tell me I can't cast my vote? Come on. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> they try to they, man. They be yeah. trying to fucking fuck with these fucking absentee votes, man. Like for real, man. Just just get out and vote in the proper time. Because they're trying I, not to use like use absentee votes to like. Fucking recounts. What, what would y'all do? Like, all right, say this is oh God, three months from now. Trump wins. Yeah, what would you do the day after the? What would, how would you feel? At cribs. Like, what would you do? Toronto. No, real talk. Like, real talk. What would you honestly, do? Honestly, mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't be shocked. I honestly would not be shocked. Mm-hmm. But would you still live everyday life like a, like regular? Yeah, oh, no. I mean, I'd I mean, my, I'd be gearing up to leave. I'd you be live to I mean, you have, no, cho- you have no choice. Though. I would Toronto, look at cribs in Toronto. No, yeah, I'm definitely like low key. Like I'm more so on the Jamaica tip than I am going into another. You? <laughs> I already Nobody have Nobody have to know <laughs> First of all Funny guys Funny guys uh, I did go to school in Florida I have mad friends Who are oh, living Florida who They still live. wear nameplate belts there Yeah okay But them people are From the Caribbean That's why they're still Wearing nameplate belts Not in Tampa Shit What the okay. Caribbean people aren't wearing nameplate name belts. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, fab, I was just there in maybe December. Maybe somebody's uncle is. But maybe. Right. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. It's okay. happening. It's so, happening. So can we talk power? No. Um, yeah, before, we can, can we save wait, power until next week? Wait, I have the voting registration. Like, oh, yeah. The yeah, that's something to ask. Um, so, uh, if, if you didn't know, <laughs> the general election date is November 8th. Hey. Voter registration deadline is for New York. Voter registration deadline for New York is for Friday, October 14th. So you have two weeks. You can do it online. You could do it in person. You can mail it in. You have all the options in the world. Don't wait, niggas. Don't worry about jury duty. It's fine. Make sure y'all vote. Yeah. Just just register. And while you're on there, register to be an organ donor. Yeah. I don't do know how too. I feel about that. That's a whole other. It thing. is a whole other story. But if you could save body, a life, bro. if you yeah. could save a life, yeah. But will they save my life if I'm in a, in a God the, forbid in an accident? But it's not like they're gonna be like, uh, we could either save him or transport uh, his yeah. organs. No, it actually is that. Thing. <laughs> That's what they do. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what they this? do, fam. That's why. Like, oh, he's like, oh, let that nigga go. If you're, if you're, we gonna talk about this later, and I'm gonna call somebody. Yeah. But power. Um, can we talk about power? Speaking of <laughs> speaking of Shit. dead people, of a lot of dead people get top on the so phone. many people died <laughs> in that one episode. They you all, know what? You know they what? all had it coming too. Yeah, when um, all had it coming. When uh Milan when Milan got got offed by Ghost and Tommy, I was uh, I was like, damn, like I wonder what Tommy's gonna do. Here. I did like when he, I thought he was when Ghost turned him. his back on Tommy. Yeah. I, was, I, was I was like, like when he was like, do it. he was like. <laughs> 
Yeah, I was like, I told oh y'all. shit. But the, I but told every single one of you motherfuckers. But the way they told me a motherfucking thing. The way, the way they shot Malone was just very mm. brutal. Like, well, I liked it. Was it. Necessary, it was how they should have <laughs> shot motherfucking people. Lobos. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. That's how they should have shot Lobos. That's facts. Yeah. <laughs> That shit was great. That shit but, was But great. you could also tell that next season, like, Tommy and Ghost, they're going to have some riffs because For sure. Tommy's about to take over the club, move all the drugs through that shit. Um, nah. Tommy, Tommy might fuck Tasha. Tommy's not going <laughs> to. Tommy, wait, time out, time out, time out. Tommy's not going to take over the club. The club is going to go. By Rotimi. To Rotimi's character. Yeah, Andre. Um, yep. Rotimi. <laughs> Rotimi. <laughs> <laughs> the club is going to go to Rotimi. <laughs> is that his name? Yeah, that's, that's his real name. name. He chills around. Right? He's, he's an artist. He's an R&B singer. He's yeah. dope. He's si- but it's just funny that we know his real name. I saw him. I actually saw him with uh, with Corey. I yeah, guess he, Corey trains Corey him. Corey trains him. Yeah, 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 he does. Isn't he Isn't he signed to 50 or isn't 50? No, he is. He signed to 50. Okay. But yeah. no, so Andre's going to take over. Um... I just hope that they don't fucking spend the entire but, season you know, but, with this nigga Ghost and fucking like dealing with this bullshit with Angela. I think Angela gonna he gonna get off quick, and it's gonna be like Ghost is gonna have to be a silent partner. And he's gonna have a lot of free time on his hands. I hope so. And it's gonna just go back to the savagery. And also now well, we're dealing with Kanan. I'm about to say because Kanan's definitely about to come and murk this nigga. Nah, he not about to murk. Murk who, Ghost, bro? They got two more fucking seasons, dog. All right. Nah, but I'm looking at it from like a. Tasha's going straight to Tommy though when she figures out that like Kanan because all this is going to hit the fans. <laughs> all going to hit the fans. My I thing hope- is Go ahead, fam. fuck Tasha. I mean I understand like her coming for <laughs> You know Tommy and I mean because Ghost and the, the trust thing is there but like her running back to Tommy every single second. I don't understand. I feel like they cheated the episode a little bit because she was all for like, oh, Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. And then all of a sudden she came in, you know, with the gun and, and that Russian joint and was like, try it, bitch. Like, I pre. I and mean, what the fuck? Where is Lala? Nobody cares about her friend. Lala's dead. No. I know, but she don't know. <laughs> she ain't give a fuck. It's Lala. I was confused. Did Wait, Tommy, no, kill Tommy, Tommy kill Lala? No. no. We don't know. No. 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 We don't know that. We don't know that. But how come they never went back to that? I don't know. That's weird. And she hasn't seen her friend in Matt and she's took mad stacks of money and she's like oh hell she's okay maybe she, maybe she bounced yeah I was thinking maybe Tommy let her bounce I don't know. Oh well, no, he done killed Hot. I don't know, right? <laughs> Tommy turned ruthless real fast. <laughs> that nigga done killed Mad. People. Was it Tommy that went into the shop? Nope, it was yeah. Tommy because Milan told him to. Mm. Mm. But I just feel like like it's strange. It kind of left that you know open. Well, obviously for a for reason. a reason, right? But Angela's um, a dumbass. Oh, that's um, exactly what I said. God, I can't. I can't. Yeah. I don't I, even know if I'll fuck her outside I, I, of the I role. I get it, like, <laughs> bro. I get it. Yo, her and fucking um the little one, her son. <laughs> bro, that's just like that's low key <laughs> just like nigga, nigga drinking friend. lean. Right. Who is this nigga B? You don't know. You don't know. Kanan. Like, why are you gonna start chilling right. out of nowhere? And he's better than your pops all of a sudden, right? who brought you into this world. And now you running packs for him and shit. Your like, pops got you living a good ass life. You don't kid. even have a door. He has an elevator. <laughs> Talking about, I hate my dad. You're a spoiled, spoiled ass motherfucker. <laughs> but I hate my hey, dad, man, dude. Their, But I, I, I don't hate Angela. I don't hate Angela. I get it. I understand. Nah, she dumb. You well, don't handle. I, I don't. Wait, hate what handle. do you get? What do you mean? I, what you mean, bro? Why are you searching for a killer of or, or does she know that the that the the trap phone or the no? The, she, no. Doesn't. she doesn't no, know she anything. Doesn't know so she People thinks still don't know the leak. The, the only so she thinks knew? that he's the leak. She thinks the dude that got killed is the leak, right? Well, they, no. well what no, they, they said was Mike planted the phone in Greg's house right. after he killed Greg. So everyone assumes Greg is the Greg leak. Greg is the leak, including Angela. Including so why the fuck would you search for the killer of a leak? 
No, because no, no, no. she thinks Angela she doesn't thinks, believe that because she that fucked Mike, with Greg. Like, don't forget, she ran back to Greg because she also Go, fucked with Ghost. No, 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 no. She didn't fuck with Ghost. That's the thing. She after Ghost played her, after Tasha came to her and said, "Yeah, we fucked." Fuck. You know what I'm saying? But after, she knew she didn't believe her when she said that. She knew that that was the alibi. But then she, I mean, she, I think she started to believe. She it, did though. believe it. She she, I don't even think she it. killed. I don't even think she thinks Ghost killed Lobos anymore. No, she thinks no. She no, thinks she that thinks Ghost killed. Ghost killed Greg because. Ghost, if you if you go back and watch the episode, Ghost kept saying, "I took care yeah, of it. I took care of it. I took care of everything. It's not a problem anymore." But why the and fuck couldn't she and, just but say? But listen, but and she fucks with Greg. She ran. But back why to couldn't Greg. she say to Ghost in the diner, like, "Did you kill Greg?" Ghost would right. like, "Greg's dead." But like, she didn't exactly. That's exactly what would have happened. But but also like it would it would have changed the narrative of the story. Well, I guess. But like, like I was saying to these guys offline, I was like, this is why you guys slander women for jumping to conclusions. <laughs> this is why. I mean, Angela took the craziest boat leap to conclusions. Women and like, do, when women, it got do, women do jump to conclusions. In the but, middle of the meeting. But, but look right, at, in the but, middle of the club. But look, at the the, uh, look what she had in her face. She had Greg dead. Ghost telling her, I took care of everything. It's not a problem anymore. For whatever reason, she knows. Admitted, listen, listen, listen. For whatever reason, she knows that Greg doesn't leave his windows locked. She goes ahead and sees Ghost fingerprints on the window on, on the window that's open that Greg doesn't have open. Well, we don't know that. We don't know that but she knows that Ghost gloves. On? No, no, we know he that's yeah, why he took ran it, and that's My why nigga, she that's why him. that's why she arrested him because they ran the fingerprints. Oh, okay. He took them off. He took them off when what he a went. Dumbass. He took them off when he realized she was in the crib. And that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of plot holes. In that season finale, that's yeah. one of the plot holes that kind of just they made it easy for that ending to happen that way. But like I said, and I've said this offline, Angela didn't do a proper investigation because when they do, it's like they're obviously going to find out that he didn't do any of that shit. Or whatever. I mean, I, that's and that's my question: is what's Ghost alibi? Like, where was he during one? Gr- Bruh, he's going to fucking make sure that all of her dirty laundry gets like, yo, okay, you want to nah, fuck with me? I feel like Ghost I, mean, had, I feel like Ghost had an alibi. He was with that white lady and her and her dad. Was he? I, that's why I was trying to. Figure. I have to go back and watch the episode again. Lady. But mind you, let, let's not <laughs> overlook the let's not overlook the fact that Greg's dumbass went ahead after oh, he got oh the God. call, God. went ahead and told Mike because he's oh Mike, I know. Fuck, you knew he was gonna get killed at that point. Yeah, you knew he's definitely. Gonna Damn, get killed. I thought he was gonna save him for a half a second, and that nigga took him right in the. All neck. I would if I was Greg, if I was Greg, I'd have went and got my gun. I'd have fucking be like y'all. I'm going right back. I'm gonna go to the bathroom. Yeah. Put this shit to the back of his head, like, yo, drop your fucking weapon. Right. You're under arrest, exactly. motherfucker. Greg has always been pussy, though. He's very soft. He thought he could talk. He was like, look, <laughs> Let, let's you, frame you, want your, you want your daughter to know you're a murderer? <laughs> he's you so want your daughter? <laughs> bitch, nigga. He's one, of those, he's one of those where he has to be right by any means necessary, even when he was, like, Wrong. suspended. Even when he was suspended, he really tried to do what he felt was the right thing by the law. And obviously, the laws varies can be skewed in, in many different ways. But like, Greg just didn't realize. He thought that yo, once he figured it out, like, no, 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 I figured it out. You you have to give up now. And the dude was like, no, nigga, you dead. <laughs> like, don't try to fucking play me. Like, it's, you're done, dumbass. Like, he was yeah. like, you'll get the good guy uh, uh, code. You'll get the good guy. Deal. We'll frame Angela together. Yeah. Um, like when is he oh ever man. when has Greg ever been convincing like yes. never low so. key if they would've just if Tommy would've just killed this nigga when they killed Lobos we'll be going through this but if people did the right thing every time we wouldn't have a fucking series so yep 
All right, so we'll have to wait for 2017. To, um, when's it come back? Like June or July? Yeah, June, July. That's crazy. Yeah. We got to wait a whole yeah. summer. For I also got to wait for, I don't know if y'all watch Ray Donovan, but I love that Yeah, show. I love that shit. Ray Donovan is lit. I'm going to get into it. It's really good. Yeah, I, got, I, started really watching good show, I started watching the first two seasons, but then I kind of fell off. It does. It, it yeah. gets slow. It gets that's slow what, in the second <laughs> That's what happened. The, the, uh, the Shiggy Show dude was like, she going to ask me if I watch Power. Do I watch Power? They said this is a big rich town. <laughs> <laughs> he sang the whole the course. Um, yo, yeah, this is a good song. So now we're reaching like the fall season of TV. We already told y'all to go watch fucking Atlanta. Hell fuck yeah, which we all have missed now. Cause yeah, because we're still here. Oh, we're almost two hours. What else? What else? What yo, 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 y'all should watch. Uh, y'all should watch Quantico. Yeah, Chronicles back Season Secret. 2, baby And it's on Netflix If you need to catch up Y'all should watch Secret and Lies With Michael Ely Shit is They just Ooh, dropped oh, the first Michael Ely They just dropped the first episode This Sunday When they dropped Chronicles Is he a good guy Or is he like a rapist Because he's always on some Well, his, his wife got Damn. killed So he, right now he's a suspect He's, a, oh, oh, he's an Avenger mm. Why does he always Have to be in these situations Oh, um, crazy they're like bringing Yo, black people down Insecure Insecure on HBO Done by the girl From Awkward Black Girl Issa Rae Word? That yes. first episode Soul is so fire, dog. Yeah, it was great. Oh, okay, I gotta get that. Oh, you saw it live. I was gonna show up to that, but I was. You know, like, I didn't even watch it there. I had when I got there, the uh, premiere was already the premiere was done, so it was just a party. But I went and watched it at home. You could stream it now. Stream it online. Oh, wait, yeah. So that wait, that event so was good. Sunday? It's available on HBO. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. They had a lot of free food, great food. Um, they had a cool photo. Bo- I, I took a picture in the photo booth. Right? I saw this. Everybody thought I'm in the show. Yeah, I'm not in the I fucking show, guys. Like everybody <laughs> was like, "Yo, comments. congrats, That's power." Moves. I'm like, what? Light skin with the eyes. They was like, oh, he has to be on the show. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I was, and then you know what I did and though? Keep it real. To LA too. That's keep it real thing. with you though. After that, I was like, you know what? What I did, I DM'd Issa Rae. Oh. With the picture, and I was like, "Look, hey. everybody's thinking I'm in the show." You gotta put me I figure in. I decided to put it in the universe. You know, power <laughs> move. Yeah, you no, no response. She, she no response. No response. No, you should tweet her too. <laughs> should tweet her. She yeah, responds. Twitter is more Twitter. 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 Yo, we beat the Red Sox. Sorry. Twitter is more. Um, <laughs> the Cincinnati Reds. It's accessible for Thank because you, DMs. It's like people get DMs all the time. I never even know when my DMs are on. Mm. Like so, Twit. Twi- Why can I not say this so word? Twitter, 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 Twitter. 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 I hate putting shit in public. I, the only thing I don't like about Twitter is you can't DM people. Like I don't like to tweet shit like that. Just make it a joke. And if you add it without the period in front, the people that don't follow her won't see it. Really? Yeah. If you add it without. Wait, the add it without so the period. So if, if, if I at Chuck, and I'm like, oh, at Chuck Marcus was good, bruh. If someone doesn't follow you, they won't see it. But if I have the period in front of your name, then they will see it. Damn, man, I'm dropping gems. Period. Like, I didn't never, speak much, Twitter but I got knows. the gems. I'm trying knowledge. to get the visual how that looks. Like, I'm trying. To, I'm about to find out right now. Yeah. Or is yeah. it in front of, mm-hmm. in front of the name? Right. So if you've ever seen that on your TL, like a yeah. period and then the at, um, that's why. Uh, well, while you guys figure peoples. that out. Um, oh. Yeah. So insecure. Insecure is a good show this weekend. That's, that's coming out. Uh, the second episode comes out on October 16th. I've already gave my rave reviews for High Maintenance. It's a slow build, but, you know, good stuff. Good episode on Sunday. Um, yeah, you did like that one, right? That shit was crazy, especially with the Indian girl. That shit was dope. She's all right. Yeah, she was kind of fired though. I don't know if y'all watch How They Get Away with Murder. That shit's lit. No, we done with that. Nah, it's over, bro. It's, it's quiet for Shonda. Dang, <laughs> why? Why we watch? I'm just playing. I, oh, okay. I never. Got I mean, I haven't watched Scandal to, in a season. How to Get Away with Murder is, is running three seasons way too long though. Like the second season <laughs> is when it got ridiculous. The first season it was 
Amazing dog First season of Halloween Murders Amazing I'm about to get An American Horror Story So y'all mm-hmm. pray for me I'm definitely watching It's fire so I gotta watch that Before 11am <laughs> it's, it's, You know it's, it's getting out of hand Very fast <laughs> It's always like that though No but like guys, Okay guys, I'm not gonna say guys, anything Thank yeah. you yeah, it's uh, great. Oh, that, oh we can Game of Thrones Come back next year baby Next year I feel like it's gonna be A slow fall for TV though I feel like all the great shows Are Nah man nah, Fucking Blackish is back walking, Modern Family Oh Blackish Modern black. Family Yeah, yeah man that Fucking episode, uh, New Girl is funny. New Girl is back Oh I can't wait Fucking Lethal Weapon Oh is New legit. Girl is back Yeah Yo, Lethal Weapon oh, was oh, good Oh Lethal Weapon is good is Yes good? dog I, will, I wouldn't put it past It's, it's Damon, Damon Wayans bro. He makes yeah. good shit Yeah it's Damon Wayans It's good The dude who plays Riggs Is iffy but Yo that shit's good Yeah so I mean, this is really a good. It's one of the best falls they're saying that like that's happened in a long time. I mean, it's a lot of new TV shows, like and recurring it's ones, out so. of control. Ken, take us out with the words. Yeah, the catch The Walking Dead too. It's fire. Fuck that. Fear of The Walking Dead is way better. It's really not, but <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Anyway, um, but yeah, closing out. Um, you know, I want to thank Nick and Chuck for joining us and you know talk about their passions and. Yeah, some of what they're trying to achieve. Um, you can catch us, uh, Nick. What's your uh, what's your uh, Instagram? Yeah. Um, what's your tag? thanks for the invite, guys. This was awesome. You can find me at Cregan Nick on Instagram and Twitter. That's C R E E G A N on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you. Okay. What about you, Chuck? Uh, my name is Chuck Marcus on all social media. C H U C K M A R C U S. Um, thanks for letting me get on the mic today. I'll be back next week. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he's serious. Yeah. He thinks he's serious. Um, Fab Dave, you want to put your social medias out there? Yeah. Close out. Go ahead, Fab. Um, Curls and Crayle with K, so K U O K U R L S X K R E O L E. Or you can type in Fab Rock and you'll find me. F-A-B-R-O-C. Woo. Um, I'm Earth underscore Dave <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> I'm a weirdo, guys. Get used to it. Come on. And he's skinny. <laughs> so oh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> For inquiring minds. Right. <laughs> inquiring minds. I am not a heavy set. <laughs> heavy set gentleman. Uh, uh, hi, he, Katie. Is he, <laughs> is he a fat man? Um... I'm uh, Dave dot of dot Earth on Instagram. All right. Um, Holla. I'm Ken Plush. K E N P L U S H. Um, on a closing out on a more somber note, um, we want to. I mean, I'm a pretty big baseball fan. Um, for those that aren't into baseball, um, we lost. As I mean, me as a baseball fan, oh, I yeah. lost a pretty, uh, a pretty big influential phenomenal um talent yeah um, a couple days ago and jose fernandez um he was 24 um his life will be made into a movie and i can guarantee you if it's done right it will win so many so many oscars because it like if there's just the trials and tribulations as a 15 year old born in cuba trying to make it over to uh the united states failing three times being sent back and deported the fourth time coming over 
his mother falling off the boat on the way him jumping out of the boat to help his mother to get over here him coming over as a baseball and to meeting baseball scouts him being scouted as an outfielder and he's like no i can really pitch like i don't think you guys understand and they're like really and his first pitch is a 93 mile per hour curveball and they're like wow you really can pitch and him not knowing any english becoming the uh, his strikeout ratio as a pitcher he struck out 30% of the players that he faced on the field this year. That has never been done before, right? He's coming back off of Tommy John surgery, a surgery that sidelines a pitcher for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And he, he came back with this velocity, with this talent. And he was his next contract that was coming up in a couple years would have easily made him one of the highest, if not the highest paid baseball players walking the do you know the fucked up shit that i heard from a cuban girl what when i mentioned she didn't know anything about this story i mentioned to her yesterday she i was like damn yo this dude jose fernandez so sad that he died she was like i bet you he was cuban and i bet you the cuban government hired somebody to kill him and make it look like an accident and i was like what and she was like is he cuban i was like yeah she was like listen my sister used to date a cuban baseball player that came from cuba and the government hired people to try and kill this dude because he escaped and was making hella bread and didn't give anything back give any kickbacks to the government right. and i'm like yo that's crazy what if they they made it look like a boating accident but i mean well he was out there with a couple other people but yeah i hear you i mean conspiracy up in there i mean but regardless of whatever uh, situation it might be it's still a complete tragedy it's to tragic. lose such a talent at such a young age um so i mean closing out you know definitely you know rest in peace to jose fernandez it was he was i mean like i said i'm a baseball fan and he was one of my favorite baseball players he was on my fantasy baseball team this year and held me down um even as a mets fan you probably had to root for the marlins i had to I had, but he was—he's a player worth rooting for. Yeah, he was great because he was—he had not only the talent, but he had the passion mm-hmm. for the game. That baseball that is lacking in young, riveting talent that they could have built around. Like he would have been the next face of baseball. Yeah, man. And um, it, he yeah. makes baseball not boring. Right, exactly. And he—he made—he made you want to watch. Uh, 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 him pitch and him on the mound. He's very just full of energy and full of life. So um, you know, um, I'm gonna take it on on that note. Um, cherish every day, cherish every breath. Um, thank y'all for joining in. We went, we ran a little long today, but the content was there. Um, if y'all stayed in, listened to it the whole time, definitely fucks with y'all. Um, my uh, team would fucks with y'all. Um, and closing out. Uh, my name's Ken. I'm Fab. And I'm Dave. And you listen to the Last Call Podcast. Cheers. <laughs>